Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Two lifelong Houston sports guys named Adam. Raised by Earl. Molded by the magnificent roller coaster ride that is Houston Sports. Chill H Town for the only homegrown afternoon team is talking your teams. Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler are the A team. A team. You look at it. Look at it. Oh, yeah. This is radio. You listen to it on Sports Talk 790. Astros broadcaster Jeff Blom on 790 is brought to you by Low T Center. And just like that, the final Friday of the regular season is upon us, which means Jeff Blom with his not final visit here on the program, at least if the Astros do their part. Welcome into the A-Team. Sports Talk 790, Wex AC, Dan Matthews with you here in Houston. And Jeff Blum actually coming to us, ironically, from one of uh, the stops on his uh, tour of duty when he was a player. The Astros are an Arizona blummer, and it's going to happen. I've been saying it. I'm manifesting it. And the Rangers took the first step last night in helping the Astros accomplish what they're going to do. They're still going to win this division I said it now. You cannot say that I'm pessimistic ever again. Yeah, what a change from 2020, man. It only took you, what, three years to come around? <laughs> and a World Series championship. I would say that the hardware always helps, but uh, I just love and appreciate the fact that you're manifesting this to try and get them to be that division champion. Uh, because if the Seattle Mariners do continue to beat the Rangers, there's opening the opportunity for the Astros to spoil the Diamondbacks and take the title again. Yeah, it's it's crazy to think about what a, I guess in this case, 48 hours uh, did to, you know, Astros fans. It was That was a pretty ugly feeling going into the finale. And it just, it seemed like everybody was trying to say just short of this is a must-win game against the Mariners. And then on top of the Astros doing what they needed to do, we got all the drama. So that's probably a good place to start before we start moving forward is looking back a little bit because you and, and TK, Handled that very well the other night, uh, in spite of a lot of things that were going on down there on the field. And you, you know, I could kind of hear it in Todd's voice. You guys were probably initially as confused as everybody else watching. Like, why is Hector doing this? Yeah, it, it was really interesting just because, you know, obviously we have probably a little more intimate knowledge of Hector Neris than most fans do. I mean, unless you've interacted with the guy, you don't truly understand how, what a, he is a great dude. I and mean, he is easily the one of the most positive uh, ball players I've ever been around, to be honest with you. And, you know, seeing that reaction, you kind of, when you see guys react to that extent, you kind of wonder what was going on previously and obviously calling, you know, 150 games a year, you lose track of what you know what to, uh, what has happened between two players if there was history, and you don't want to speculate too much. But when he started to come out, Julio Rodriguez, 
I was like, wow, this dude's fired up. But then he continued to go after him. And then that's what kind of made me think that there's a little more going on there. Uh, but at the same time, I thought it was kind of ironic how after the whole, you know, the all, after all the yelling and screaming, the following inning, the offense went nuts and scored a couple more runs. So I was like, man, that was kind of a spark plug for these guys. You're saying about Hector himself personally, that's his yeah. bullpen. The bullpen takes on his personality. They get to the ballpark and he dictates the mood for the day every time he's out there. And so of all people to do what he did and a discussion I think everybody's had since then for for the baseball side of it is uh, were his intentions to fire up his team? Do you think it fired up the team? We've talked about the results that happened and kind of mm-hmm. baseball doesn't necessarily allow for the obvious that guys are out there giving everything they have when you know they ground out or they fly out. It's you know they are. But sometimes when people show you, like Hector did, it re- makes people realize these guys are trying to extend their season into the postseason with everything they've got. No, I think you're right. You know, it could have been in that little bit of a perfect storm in the situation that we're talking about because, you, you know, Clanton mentioned it with, the, you know, the, the must win. And then Wex has mentioned, you know, what, you know, this guy is kind of that stick that stirs the drink out there in the, in the bullpen. He, you know, he came to the Astros after, you know, seven or eight years of experience with the Philadelphia Phillies missing out on the playoffs. And then we saw how, how intense he is during the playoffs and how he, he, he parties as hard as he goes out there and plays the game. So there's, there's a certain love affair in that bullpen and with this team with Hector Neris because of the veteran leadership. And then you put him in a, you know, you put him in a situation where, he has to go out there and perform at a high level against a team that's trying to take something away from the Astros, and he wasn't going to have it happen. And it just so happened that, you know, Julio Rodriguez, who in his own right is a very emotional player, we've seen him, you know, pimp plenty of home runs, bat flip people, you know, look in his dugout, fist pump, and, and try and get them riled up. And I think in the emotion of getting that strikeout of Julio Rodriguez in that moment, I think kind of overflowed a little bit. And I know there's a lot of speculation on what was said. And I would hate for somebody to, to, you know, to insinuate or guess what was coming out of his words. Unless you are a hundred percent sure that you heard what you heard and you can verify it, you might want to pull back a little bit because it feels like if you're trying to, in a, you know, if you're trying to put words in his mouth, that's when you start to stir things up and things get out of hand later on. So I appreciate the fact that Neris put out that comment, apologized, and actually reached out to try and apologize to Julio Rodriguez after the incident. Yeah, and was very clear about the actions is what he was apologizing for. I'm not apologizing for something which I'm saying in this statement was not said, and any uh, suggestion to the contrary is false. And Major League Baseball will will look into it, and as you said, you'd hope that you know someone isn't tell, telling a story that isn't true, and then Major League Baseball, I, I guess in that situation, would be falling for it, and it could impact you know the next 27 innings uh, for the Astros, or more, mm-hmm. if they want to play extras, even though we don't want them to. Uh, anything like that could be on the horizon, and, and hopefully it is not uh, let the players decide things on the field. Uh, if we had the next billion hours, we could talk about all the scenarios that are still out there. And I said something yesterday. I, I would assume <laughs> most people, even longtime baseball fans, would, would have to see the point and maybe agree. But there's one weekend left. There are three games left in the season. The Padres aren't even eliminated from the playoff picture yet. There are multiple teams on the outside of the NL wildcard picture that have games that could get them into the postseason still. More people, more eyeballs, more fans, more interest, more clicks, more views are on baseball because they added a wildcard team. It's not traditional, 
but isn't it doing what baseball should be doing in terms of this is an interesting sport. I want in. Yeah, and I hope Josh Hader is listening to this, uh, you know, this this radio show that he so he understands the Padres still have an opportunity and he's still pitching with a purpose. But you know, that being said, I think that you're right. You know, as as untraditional as it is to try and get that extra wild card team in there, but I think we've watched in the NBA, I think we've watched in the NHL. The more teams that have an opportunity to get into the playoffs, the more eyes you're going to have on those games, and it. You know, who knew it was going to set up to a situation like this where we'd be watching literally the last three games of the season with, you know, 15 different scenarios trying to play out to see who can get in. What that lends itself to is, like you said, Wex, is more people are going to be watching these games. But at the same time, I saw an article the other day that I think Major League Baseball eclipsed 70 million people attending baseball games. And that's something to be said because this is a, this is an order, you know, this is a, uh, uh, man. This is a business that's trying to, you know, go out there and provide a very good product. And I think in the fact that you put another wild card team in the situ- in the situation that you're going to have more opportunities for more teams, you put more eyes on it, and you increase the value of the, the of the of the business you're trying to run. And it also kind of brings into the fact that there are some very good teams out there that are playing good baseball that might have an opportunity to sneak into the dance. And once you get into the dance, who knows what's going to happen? You mean like last night? And Aroldis Chapman comes mm-hmm. in, retires <laughs> nobody, oh, and his reliever comes the Astros. in and gets two straight pop-outs and then gives up the game-winning hit uh, when Evan Carter is unable or maybe unwilling, a little debate about that, going back on a ball that J.P. Crawford hit over his head. No real reason to play it off the wall. Uh, it's going to win the game if you don't catch it. He didn't. And Seattle kept the Blue Jays, the Rangers, and the Astros magic <laughs> numbers to clinch their playoff berths uh, from dipping uh, with one swing of the bat. This is why these next three days or two days, uh, because we don't know what Sunday could end up being not that exciting, but sitting here today, uh, there's so many things in front of us. Yeah. I mean, you would, you would love to have Sunday not be exciting and already pop that bottle of champagne. Hey, I got a quick question with the, the, with the Rangers setting a modern day record with blown saves. I think this season <laughs> and having an abysmal bullpen, in September, has anybody tried to figure out if if the hitters facing Aroldis Chapman, not named Jose Altuve, or have something on him, or are they guessing right, or are they just getting lucky? Thank you behind that because, very much. Because it seems like Aroldis Chapman's giving up way too many hits, and it just seems really odd to me. Maybe they're all wearing a wire. Way. I will. I won't say well, anything. Yeah, I'm serious. Um, you know, last night, maybe not the greatest example, but I did find my way to waking up the Wexler research team last night to send out a message on Twitter uh, about what Aroldis Chapman's last 14 games look like. Um, that's a 6.23 ERA, three blown, blown saves, uh, 12 walks, oh, nine runs. And in none of those instances, I don't believe, uh, has Jose Altuve taken him over the fence. Last night was a... He had a, a soft liner over the uh, over the infield from Cal Raleigh, who for some reason Scott Service never pinch ran for. There might have been an opportunity at third base for him to tag up on the second pop-up, but it was Cal Raleigh. Uh, then fat. he had a kind of saying? a seeing-eye single. He plays catcher, and his no. name is Big Dumper. Um, <laughs> so, yes, I am saying that because they say that. Fair enough. Uh, Dylan Moore hit a bleeder we through the infield. Mm-hmm. You're slow. Uh, and then yep. <laughs> the uh, Chapman threw a wild pitch and walked a guy. He, he clearly wasn't prepared to get three outs with the bases that he'd loaded, and Bruce Bochy had to turn to somebody else. It was it was a, a minor, typical 
this season meltdown. And, and Chapman as a Ranger, who had such a great start as a Ranger, now has really bad numbers since joining the Rangers. It's, it's amazing. I don't know how that could happen. I mean, he is wiped out until he faces one particular guy. That's all I've ever heard, and that's all I ever know. So I'm not sure the Wexler research team really did enough deep dives in to see what these guys are actually picking up. I mean, he's got to be tipping, or he's got to be telling the hitter what's coming. Well, I love it. Uh, it's it's all just all kinds of sarcasm, by the I way. I love dripping. It. Yes, absolutely. Um, oh. All right, Jeff Blum joining Good us breeze. from his uh, palatious uh, hotel room in Arizona, where he'll be over the next handful of days. Yeah, Chase Field, what a ball, what a what a day for baseball. Are you already at the stadium, or are you mm. still at the hotel? No, I'm at my palatial one bedroom suite. <laughs> What's the square footage on that bad boy? <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, we've got three more segments with Blummer, and uh, I want to get to something very, very interesting when we come back. Um, I'm going to use Blum's word. There's a nozzle in the media that was added again last night. I interacted with him on the socials. Hi, Evan. Ah, uh, there he is. I'm going to ask about Blummer what he thinks about uh, things like that. And, of course, there's, there's three teams and really four or five teams that we need to be talking about as it pertains to everybody – down the stretch here in the final three games of the regular season with Blummer here on the A-Team Sports Talk 790. You know what else you need to get uh, under wraps? You need to find out what it's going to take to finally pull the trigger on that bathroom remodel or just that tub or shower conversion. Maybe it's just a little touch. Maybe it's just a little adjustment, a little uh, sprucing up in the corner of your bathroom. But maybe you need to take that thing down to the studs because it's basically was built in the 90s and it still looks like a 1995 bathroom. That was the case in our home. And maybe that's your situation as well. If you get in a bad mood every time you walk into your master bathroom, easybath.com is where you need to turn to. 281-968-3000. That's the telephone number to get a hold of a company that is not only going to allow you to choose the colors, the patterns, and the materials that are going to be used. They're going to bring a designer to your home to create a 3D design of whatever project that you deem fit for your situation. And then on top of that, and on top of costing you thousands of dollars less than the competition, they're going to give you no interest financing for 72 months. Six years of no interest financing is absolutely not too good to be true when you talk about EasyBath.com. That's what they're offering you regardless of the project. 281-968-3000. 281-968-3000 or EZBath.com. Hey, it's the Trillo G. Bun B. The A-Team continues with Clanton, Blummer, and an ass on Sports Talk 790. You know, I'm pretty sure all three of them are asses, though. It is the A-Team here on Sports Talk 790. Wex and AC with you. Dan Matthews, our producer here in Houston. Over in Arizona, it's Blummer joining us for his weekly visit. All right, Blum, there is um, a number of, uh, a list of suspects, if you will, when it comes to people that cover the teams that are rivals or just opponents in general of the Astros. And from time to time, they'll, they'll say and do things that you know, or they're just trying to stir the pot a little bit. And I think Evan Grant would be one of those. He covers the Rangers and uh, occasionally, or actually more than that lately, he's taken digs at the Astros. He's taken digs at the Astros when it comes to not you know, leading the division. He's taken digs at Astros for a number of things. And he took another dig at them last night. 
Julio Rodriguez struck out. Jordan Montgomery refrained from charging after him. That was Evan's tweet 18 hours ago. So did the other four pitchers, three pitchers who struck him out in a row as he struck out five straight times. But yeah, go on. Yeah. yeah oh. like the, the one against Hector was interesting because it was the third and four that night. And then, yeah, he struck out again. Um, look, McTaggart does this. He was needling the Rangers' home crowd when it was 50% or more Astros uh, when that you know series happened at the beginning of this month. Everybody does it, but I just thought that was funny that, you know, less than 24 hours or, uh, later, he's doing something like that. Of course, I had to comment, so I said, and then the Rangers got walked off because their bullpen features Araldis Chapman and not Hector Neris. So, um, as it pertains to that specific part of the Rangers, this isn't just something that could cost them the postseason, and in my opinion, will. This is something that could cost them the division. Like, you can't just assume, if you're the Rangers... That if you've got a one-run or a two-run lead over you know, the Mariners this weekend, that it's just going to be fine. Far from it, because that bullpen is actually worse than the Astros has been at times this year. Oh, man. The Rangers' bullpen. I mean, I, I love Bruce Bochy to death, but I guarantee you, if you asked him before the season how many laps he would do between the dugout and the pitcher's mound, he would have grossly underestimated what he's going through right now. Because I think he and Mike Maddox, who's the pitching coach, they are trying to patchwork together a way to finish a game. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, he's had to deal with a lot of injuries in his rotation, which makes it even harder to, to figure out how to develop that bullpen and figure out what roles guys are going to be in. But it's also hard when you can't find a role for a guy who can't get anybody out. So there, there's been some real issues. But at the same time, you know, I, I agree with you in the sense that playing, you know, the Seattle Mariners playing the Texas Rangers doesn't carry the same weight or the same vibe that the Astros do playing either one of those teams. I think it's a little more, I mean, you saw it in the Seattle Mariners. They understand that that bullpen's depleted, and they understood if they kept that game close enough that they would have the opportunity to come back. You know, I kind of assume that those two, those two teams would be slugging it out with each other. But at the same time, you know, the way that the Mariners played the Astros over the last couple of days in comparison to how the Mariners could play the Texas Rangers, there's not going to be that overwhelming intensity and you know, maybe that maybe a little bit of fear or intimidation that the Astros bring with them to Seattle or to Texas. So I think it's kind of an interesting series because the Mariners, you know, they were right back to, you know, playing exciting baseball and loose baseball, I think, in a sense, against the Texas Rangers last night and allowed them to go out there and win that game. But getting back to uh, some of the tweets that don't age well against Astros, uh, the organization and their fan base, that happens a quite a lot, and I'm not sure how long it's going to take before you know some of these people realize that it may not be the best idea if your team doesn't have the back end of the bullpen to shut a game down. If you have a good bullpen, you're a good team, you go to the playoffs, basically. The bottom 13 mm-hmm. bullpens in baseball are likely to include zero playoff teams, except for the Rangers. <laughs> uh, the Rangers have wow. had 62 wow. save opportunities. They have converted 30 of them, a percentage of under 50%. Oh. Is that bad? Um, <laughs> this is basically among the, a, a team that converts saves at that low a rate usually has a winning percentage around 40%. They're, they've won 56% of their games with one of the all-time worst end of the bullpens, and it was on full display yesterday. It shows you what they really have and in, in, in the mm-hmm. ability to be in position to win all these games. And as much as we obviously are focused, hyper-focused on if the Astros could have just done this, then, well, look where they'd be. Well, imagine if the Rangers could have just figured a way out to take 
15 of these, oh my God, were one pitch away from winning and winning those games. This race would have been over a long, long time ago, but it clearly is not. It's why we have all these things going into today. It's why the Astros are going to have to try to beat one of the best pitchers in the National League over the last couple of years. Zach Gallen hasn't been quite as sharp this year, but nonetheless, uh, he's still been very, very good. Uh, what are your expectations of, of what it will be like to go back over to the National League? Actually, for some people... Uh, not very many, and I, I can't believe that uh, I'd noticed this last night, and so did many others. I went throwback Thursday and posted a picture of me in the Astros visiting clubhouse at Chase Field in 2015 on October 4th when they got to celebrate there because they clinched a playoff berth for the first time in 10 years. And in the picture of the celebrating Astros, now Lance McCullers is a current member of this roster, and he was in the picture. So was John Singleton. So was Mike Fires, as noted by many people who saw that. Uh, the Astros are going to celebrate in that clubhouse again this weekend, are they not? Yeah, you know what? I think it's kind of serendipitous, or you know, whatever you want to call it. I think it's fantastic that we kind of, you know, here we are, you know, what seven, you know, seven or eight years removed from that from that opportunity that the Astros created by playing well down the stretch, and it's the same way the season ended, going into Seattle then finishing the season in Arizona. So there's going to be guys, like you said, that have been in that clubhouse in 2015 that I think when they get to this clubhouse at Chase Field, they're going to kind of have some of those warm and fuzzy feelings from that 15, uh, 15 season where they finished off and got to celebrate. So there's history there. There's a certain comfort level there, but it's going to be a different ball club because this Diamondback team is a very good team. They've got some very good hitting. They've got uh, some surprise good pitching. I think their bullpen is, is rather interesting, too, with some of the no-name guys that they have out there that pitch extremely well. And like you said, tonight against Zach Allen is going to be a very interesting game. I'm also kind of curious. You know, the, I think the Astros are going to have a good game plan because Arizona is a very good place to hit. Um, I know having played here and called games here, a lot of these guys get excited showing up here because the – because the backdrop is so beautiful and the ball carries. This is the second most elevated uh, uh, ballpark in the league. So if you get a hold of one, it's going to go. Uh, so I think the offense will be excited to go out there. And at the same time, you know, they've had plenty of time to study Zach Gallon over the season. And you can only hope that maybe in this final start of his season that he might show a little bit of fatigue or weakness or make a mistake that they can take advantage of. Um, and that being said, I think the offense is going to do a good enough job to take a lead and give the Astros an opportunity. I'm just kind of curious to see how Dusty handles J.P. France. And if he allows him to go, you know, is it going to be one or two times through the order and then get into that bullpen and start shutting things down? You know, who's going to be in that bullpen down the stretch? Because you've only got three games left, and you can get a little creative with this pitching staff, but a lot of it's going to be on J.P. to start this game well. Two segments in, two more to go with Blummer here on the A-Team. Sports Talk 790 will continue discussing all things Astros as they wind down the season. Final three games of the 2023 regular season campaign begin tonight in Arizona where Blummer is joining us from. We'll continue next here on the A-Team. You don't have to be a pimp to get your lady to work. At your command, Mr. Bun B. That's right. Just ask your smart device to play Sports Talk 790 on iHeartRadio. <laughs> With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
It is the A-Team here on Sports Talk 790 Wex AC on a Friday with you. And Jeff Blum joining us from Arizona. You know, Blummer, you brought something up in the last segment that I hadn't really thought about. And I never really do. We always talk about Colorado and the altitude and how that can uh, affect the baseball carrying and all that. And you forget that Arizona is kind of along those lines. And I just never think of it that way. I just You think desert with Arizona? You don't think altitude so much. Um, that could play into the Astros' favor, particularly tonight. I know everybody's talking about gallon this, gallon that. They have two very good left-handed bats in their lineup. And so he's going to have to earn his... Uh, his putouts or whatever, his retirements, if you will. And uh, those two are really, especially Jordan, it's good to see him, his bat specifically, coming alive oh. of late. Yeah, no, you're right. And, you know, Zach Gallen, uh, you know, I know he's given up a majority of his home runs to left-handed hitters too. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Dusty tries to sneak in, you know, a guy like Michael Brantley who, all, all you know, shows up out of nowhere after 10 days gets four knocks, <laughs> which is freaky in itself, but uh, shows you the value of having him in the lineup. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how it lines up. You know, J.P. France has a tendency to give up some fly balls, and who can you put out there in left field to accommodate that? Um, you know, hopefully Chaz is back and healthy after getting doinked in the back of the, you know, that kidney shot he got. But if you can have, like you said, if you can have that Jordan Tucker Back to back. I mean, that is such a menacing threat in the middle part of the order. And then you add into it the, the opportunity that maybe you don't hit one as hard as you normally do, and it could sneak out of there. I think that puts a lot of pressure on the pitcher to make better pitches. And if Zach Allen's not being able to locate and our hitters are able to maybe lay off pitches on the edges, all of a sudden you've got traffic out there and one big hit kind of ruins the game. But at the same time, man, you were in the line about Jordan being dialed in. That ball he hit the other day scared people that were standing 450 feet away from him because that ball was coming in so hot. Brings me to my next question. Not for the <laughs> magnitude of what it meant in the game or the fact that uh, he sent a Robbie Ray pitch over the fence or a World Series homer. Not regarding that aspect, but merely regarding the fun it is watching that particular home run that Jordan hit doesn't that one he just hit rank pretty high? Yes, 100%. I mean, the magnitude of what he's been able to do against the Mariners organization itself, and you start to peel back and look at his his entirety of work against the Mariners, he's got something like 65 RBIs in 50 games against these guys. He's obliterated them. And I think you saw it the, that second game against George Kirby where he intentionally walked them in that first or second inning, I think it shows the respect that they have for Gordon. But I've never, I've, I've seen, you know, there's some guys that go into ballparks and they get the respect. But there's there, there's been very few times, and I can't really name them offhand because it's been so dramatic with the way Gordon is treated in T-Mobile Park. When he goes to Seattle, it is amazing. They can boo their brains out on Del Tuve. They can boo their brains out on Alex Bregman. But the second Jordan steps onto that batter circle and gets into the box, there is a hush <laughs> that is over that ballpark. And the nervous anticipation blows my mind because they are waiting for Jordan to step on them. And he does so consistently. And it's amazing. It's it's a lot of fun to watch. And I'm in completely 100% envious of his ability to do that. No, not to bring up a bad memory, but he is their pools. I mean, that's how the Astros were. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And, and, you know, I'm glad you guys brought it up. I, I couldn't 
I probably noticed it a little, but it's not going to be the same as if you're there, obviously. I, I love the fact that on the broadcast, you and Todd pointed out the fact that that crowd is a raucous crowd. I mean, I don't know why. They're not going to ever win anything. But, like, when he would go up to the plate, there was a hush. Like, it, it just completely changed the dynamic of the building just by him being at bat. Yeah, we, we need, like, a uh, we need a roving camera that can, like, you know, t- uh, take shots of individuals in the crowd because we'd like to have maybe a body, uh, you know, body language specialist out there because all of a sudden everybody's, you know, they're crossing their legs, their arms are crossed, their hands are over their face. Their shoes are on their know, head. scratching something. Yeah, well, that's, what the hell is that? Um, Speaking of what the H-E of. double hockey sticks was that, could we use this camera you're suggesting to pan into the crowd for any 15-year-olds wearing a Kelnick jersey oh that throw baseballs at George Kirby? Another another excellent uh, uh, exhibition of dumbassery. Yeah. <laughs> what, what happened there? I, that was a weird series, wasn't it? That was really bizarre. I, but that's but that goes back to my previous point. I truly feel that this, whether it's on social media, whether it's in the ballpark, whether it's even from players, you know, everybody reacts so weirdly around the Astros when they come into Seattle or they play the Mariners that you get stuff like this. It's bizarre to me, man. What was crazy to me was to hear all the other broadcasts because TBS, I think, was – TBS or MLB Network was in, in uh, the building when that happened. And to a T, everybody was like, what in God's name prompted that person to throw a baseball with their home team on the field and almost hit their starting pitcher? I mean, that was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Yeah, it was um, it was alarming, you know, and it just in a series full of just kind of outlandish things. I mean, I think, you know, going back to the Hector Neris thing, we, we haven't I think the only thing that I can remember saying, what is going on like that? What was the game where the the batter kicked the catcher, the catcher before taking off to charge the mound just so that guy oh, couldn't hold him back? That's old school. Was that man. in Japan, though? That wasn't that's in the majors. Izzy was Alcantara. It? Izzy, that's right. That was I played with Easy Alcantara in the minor leagues, and then I think that happened in Pawtucket in AAA. Yep. Red Sox yeah, prospect, what a genius move. <laughs> it really is. If you're gonna like, that's effective, you know. Like unless Buster Posey's yeah, I mean, behind the plate, everybody by surprise, and, and you know he's not gonna save his pitcher because he's just as ticked off at him as the batters are, and he lets him go out there. That is but, a. Um, <laughs> it's probably a good move. If you like, here's how I'm gonna get there because. It's funny, we, we talked probably during the week this week, we were talking about Nolan Ryan and what a, a great set of uh, punches he hit uh, Robin Ventura over the head with. But for the most part, there aren't. I'm, it's good because people could get hurt. There aren't that many really good baseball fights. Again, it's a good thing. It's, I'm not uh, advocating for punches to connect and, and harm to be uh, issued, but that was an attempt to, to try to make it different. And so the pitcher did the smart thing. He ran away. Well, and what the funny thing about the the Naris situation, Blum, is that like, and I like Julio Rodriguez. Like, I think that he's probably one of my favorite yeah, non-Astros. Like, he's I, I like the way he carries himself. But here's the deal: mm-hmm. if you want to charge at somebody, I don't think Hector Naris is the guy that you want to do that with. And Julio doesn't strike me as the guy that wants that smoke. No, and you know what's crazy? If Julio wanted the smoke and he wanted to go out there, that dude is built like an Adonis. I mean, mm-hmm. he's all of six foot four and two two hundred and thirty pounds of just you know chiseled human. So I mean, he would probably put up a pretty good fight. But I'm with you in the same sense that you got to be careful with crazy. Crazy sometimes will surprise you. <laughs> Hector Neris is too much of a wild card. I don't want any part of a guy like that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's definitely the guy that you want to be running behind, like in the fight with, not against. Yeah, all, all that's been said about it, and, and if you go back, and you guys were obviously there in person, it wasn't uh, close to overflowing. It wasn't close, oh my God, these guys really want to fight. I, I don't think Julio wanted to fight. I don't think Hector wanted to fight. I don't think they, either of them ever had that intent, no. and I don't think the players that came from the bullpens or the dugouts had that on their mind either. It is probably a good thing that it was the final regular season meeting between the two. Obviously, there are some scenarios down the road where they could meet again in the postseason. But uh, we'll reignite that conversation if necessary. We'll come back with Jeff. I'll talk a little bit about J.P. France and uh, what he might be feeling going into the ball game tonight, what the Astros have in front of them, and uh, how, again, the same is still true as has been for most of this season, even chasing the Rangers when they were and are again. Uh, they control what is in front of them. If they take care of their own business, they'll be in very, very good shape, and extra baseball will be played. Another segment with Jeff Blum here on the A-Team, still to come. Hey, it's the Trill OG Bun B. The A team continues with Clanton, Blummer, and an ass on Sports Talk 790. You know, I'm pretty sure all three of them are asses, though. Bernard, Wex, AC, Jeff here with us on the A-Team, and I know who I am, as they do themselves. So, Jeff, I mentioned we would talk about the Astros starting pitcher today. What do you think the day is going to go like? And then the performance itself for J.P. France. We know what he has been uh, as he became an Astro, and then we know what he's been more recently, and not just including that one outrageous start, but even over the last handful, just not quite the same pitcher. Uh, do you think there's just a touch, if not a, a great dose of, of fatigue, maybe, with the use that he's had? And, and can that, if it, you do think it exists, uh, be counteracted a little bit by maybe the biggest or among the biggest shots of adrenaline he's probably had taking a big league mound with what's on the line? Yeah, you know what? I do think there is a little bit of fatigue, but it's also you know learning how to manage a season, I think, for, for some of these players who haven't been able to do it because you're going to face, like we've seen him do a couple times, uh, you know, ball clubs that you face one time and then you have to face again. So there's certain adjustments you got to make. But at the same time, this deep into September, you're setting your, you know, career highs and in innings pitched and you're, you're fighting for a pennant. So there's a lot of things involved there. I just kind of, I'm kind of on the, on the side that says you're going to get this adrenaline push a little bit and hopefully be a little more effective because when fatigue sets in, the mechanics break down and you start to miss spots and pitches get hit. But I think that he's going to be uh, keyed in. I think one of the, you know, maybe one thing that we don't talk about enough with J.P. France is the fact that he is a little bit older of a rookie, maybe 20, you know, 27 years old, 28 years old, that he's got a lot of experience fighting to get to this position. So I think he appreciates the opportunity a little bit more. He's, uh, he's a proven work ethic type guy, and I kind of, that kind of turns me on a little bit in the sense that in between his last start and this start, he might be trying to find different ways to be more effective. So I'm kind of excited to see what he's able to go out there and do against the Arizona Diamondbacks. And at the same time, he didn't pitch terrible last time out because, you know, he did take the loss, but at the same time, he gave the Astros five innings. And I think that's still the expectation today is to get five innings and keep the run total around two or three. But one thing that in that last start is, uh, you know, I think he had one walk and he didn't give up a home run. So that's kind of what, is, is nice about JP is keep the ball in the ballpark, limit the free passes, and give your team a chance to go out there and win. And again, his ERA on the road has been much, much better at, on the on the road than it has been at home. So that's a couple of things that he's got going for him. But I guarantee you that they're going to be keeping a close eye on how he's how, on how the Arizona Diamondback hitters are swinging at his pitchers. 
Yeah, just one home run allowed over his last three starts, uh, the last two of which against the mighty Kansas City Royals. And I'm not even being sarcastic because against the Astros, they are mighty. And maybe a little extra uh, push of adrenaline. He and the misses, Jess, uh, posted a gender reveal the last few days. They got a girl on the way. Wow. They made the announcement that uh, baby number two was uh, on the horizon, and now uh, they uh, they know the gender, and so do we. And now he goes out there to make his final start of the season. Astros know and plan on having Justin Verlander uh, pitch on Saturday. Does that mentally impact the rest of the team as they play today? Well, I think it sends a message that you know management and Dusty are kind of saying, you know what, these are must-win games. We're gonna we're gonna put J, JV back out there behind JP in, in this series to go out there and maybe slam the door on a potential division uh, title or just slam the door on actually getting into the playoffs. I think there is a little sense of urgency with the way JV pitched last time out, which he was phenomenal. And I think the idea is get him out there one more time and really solidify the the playoff opportunity these guys have. But I know for a fact they would love to have that division title just in the sense that they would retain the title but also get that first wild card series off. Blummer, as we have uh, you know, wound down the schedule and you get to uh, this weekend where you had an off night like the rest of the team, so you kind of had a chance to sit back after that emotional finale in Seattle and look at this series between the Rangers and the Mariners. Uh, peek behind the curtain, have you swayed one way or the other or are you just more one of those guys that just wants the Astros to make it in and then everything else will get settled one way or the other no I think I think winning I think winning out would you know you always want to have momentum going into the playoffs and I think that you know with that emotional win everybody getting hyped up and you know having a tough win on the road gets these guys pumped and uh you know it was definitely a happy flight getting down here into Arizona they have the day to relax a little bit um, but I do think that they're kind of turned on by the fact that the division is still available in the sense that you can pitch JV on Saturday, have the, have the, you know, the rest of the week off and then start that series and reset your, reset your rotation and give your bullpen guys some rest and obviously get guys like Bregman and now Tuve and some of these guys off their legs a little bit to get that rest. But at the same time, if they're rolling and they're going in, I think all they want is to get into the playoffs and solidify that opportunity because, you know, it, with the conversations that I'm able to have with front office personnel, uh, you know, coaches, coaches that I know from opposing teams, and this has happened throughout the course of the season here in the last month, and talking to other broadcasters, talking to, you know, scouts that are in the food room, everybody to a person has said, man, wouldn't it be wild if the Astros didn't make it in? You're kind of like, yeah, but then you say, damn, if they do get in, watch your ass because these guys are good and they play in these high-leverage, high-pressure situations. And I think there's a lot of fear if the Astros do get to the playoffs, what could possibly happen? And that could be the run the Astros go on that everybody fears. No, I, I mean, th nobody wants – I've heard this a lot. Nobody wants to play the Astros. It doesn't matter where they're at. And I, I think that – I mean, yeah, do you true. do you feel good if you're the Orioles? Sure. If you, but like the Phillies came to town last year, and I believe they won that series in like the, the Astros were scuffling going into the postseason the last two years, if I recall, where they wound up in the World Series. So yeah, there is there's definitely a momentum thing, but the Astros have proven they don't necessarily need that in the last few days of the season. Now it's different because they've always been ahead, but I just feel like regardless especially in what looks to be increasingly more and more like a wide-open American League. You can talk about the Dodgers and the Braves all you want in the National League. 
this is a situation where I still, until they beat the Astros, they're going to be that proverbial comeback from the dead, Michael Myers, whatever you want to call it, until they're How out. Undertaker? Well, yeah, whoever. I, I, but I don't feel like they're Ooh. coming back from anything yet. Um, they might be telling some teams to rest in peace. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that's the idea. Because you're right in the sense that nobody wants to play the Astros. I completely agree with that. And I also think that, you know, when you do get to the playoffs and say – Say you are the Baltimore Orioles, you're in that other side of the bracket, and the Astros eventually find their way to you. Whoever play, and whoever it is in whatever series, it could be the wild card, it could be the division series, and hopefully it is in the uh, uh, championship series for the American League. You have to knock off the champion, and if it's the Astros, there's a, there's another level of of oh my gosh, these guys have been here, done that, and they're back again. There's I think that knowing that they're coming back at you carries a little bit of weight and it puts a little more urgency on the opposing team to go out there and try and beat the Astros because you have basically the entire major leagues cheering you on trying to beat the Astros and it's not the easiest task in the world. Kind of a hard question to ask but maybe something you uh, would have experienced either individually or from afar. Uh, kind of a last question. The Astros go into tonight knowing that there are other games being played the, I should say it this way, the Diamondbacks go into tonight knowing other games that are played an hour and a half earlier start time could put them into the playoffs without any reference to how their game goes tonight. Third, fourth inning of tonight's mm-hmm. game, the Diamondbacks could clinch a playoff berth. And really, I don't know that they care whether they're fifth or sixth, which is the only spots available for them. Uh, they'd be on the road as a wild card team against the Phillies or the Brewers. Do you think managerial decisions in-game might be made off of that? Yeah, I think there's a definite possibility. You know, if it, if it just turns into a blowout and they, the Diamondbacks know they're getting in there, they might be, you know, they might pull back on Zach Gallon and protect him a little bit, and that could benefit the Astros moving forward. But you're right in the sense that being on the, finishing on the West Coast is interesting in itself. And we, I think Major League Baseball has done a good job and I know I don't say that too often, but on, on that last day of the season, everybody starting at the same time kind of lends itself to just play the game and see what happens. But I do think Friday, Saturday, you know, being on the West Coast, knowing that some of these other games are going to be played in front of them, I guarantee you the Arizona Diamondbacks are watching some of those games. And uh, they might have a little bit of a contingency plan in place if things kind of go their way and they don't have to go out there and necessarily win that game, even though they'd probably like to. Cubs L tonight would do what we're describing, and they play the Brewers tonight about an hour and a half uh, prior with that first pitch. Major League Baseball, as you mentioned, Jeff, going Oprah on Sunday. You play at 2 o'clock, and you play at 2 o'clock, and you play at 2 o'clock. And uh, hopefully they uh, will create a little bit of extra drama with that as well. Uh, before we let you go, and always appreciate the visit, we love that uh, there's people out there that make it possible for you to join us each and every week. Yes, and I appreciate them too. It's Low T Center. Fellas, you can check out Low T Center at lowtcenter.com. They've got places all over the greater Houston area. Obviously, they take most major insurance. It's not just about the testosterone level, which is a beautiful thing if you can, if you're able to ramp that up a little bit. And that's what they do for me. My workouts have been better. I recover faster and I'm able to sleep better. But at the same time, they're looking at the overall health of the human being. And I go there for that reason. They make me feel great. And I enjoy seeing the personnel that takes care of me quickly. 10 to 15 minutes, I'm in and out. And uh, lowtcenter.com is where you find them. Blummer, we're not asking for a sweep, but we are asking for you to bring back at least two victories. 
Yeah, I want to bring back some champagne stained clothing. I want I want some I want some musk on this body when I get back into Houston. You have preliminary and necessary production related plans to be in the clubhouse potentially uh, one of the next couple of days. You are you are damn right we do. All yeah, right, we're going to cover this thing, and I'm going to get in there. I love it. I love it. Watch out for Sparky. I hear he's kind of a wild guy. Once you get in there, yeah, he gets moist. <laughs> All right. That is Jeff Blum, and uh, he joins us each and every week here on the program. Blummer, appreciate the time, and we will talk to you next week. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, you guys are the best, and I'll talk to you next week. All right, safe travels. We'll see you when you get back, and we will see you guys on the other side to start hour number two. There is an update on the Texans' offensive line. It's not a good one when we come back. Two lifelong Houston sports guys named Adam talking your teams. Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler are the A team. Hour number two on a Friday afternoon. Appreciate the first hour with Jeff Blum each and every Friday. We hope to catch up with him and expect that to continue. Uh, a couple of updates here that we haven't had a chance to uh, roll through so far this afternoon here on the A-Team. Wex and AC, along with Dan here with you from both the Texans and the Astros. Get to the Texans and their injury report for the weekend against the Steelers in just a minute. The Astros did make a roster move in advance of today's game with Ryan Stanek uh, unavailable because he was placed on paternity leave. Uh, he and the misses expecting their second child, and uh, he will miss at least tonight's game. Uh, Seth Martinez is the pitcher added uh, with Stanek unavailable. And again, there's always the possibility that among the 28 active players the Astros have ending the season, uh, that it's not necessarily among that group that will be on the 26-man postseason roster, uh, whether it's adding a third catcher or divvying up some bullpen duties a little bit differently, or even on uh, some of the reserves they might use based on the, the status of other players. But uh, that obviously will impact this series, at least uh, could impact this series. Uh, if it's a, a longer absence and the fact that Stanek coming back, he had been pitching very well, did give up a home run in his uh, most recent outing back, uh, but still throwing the ball well. Texan side of things, uh, zero unexpected news if you haven't been paying attention over the course of the week uh, but the injury report on friday in the nfl is also a status report uh, for sunday games or the final injury report for the week if which will come tomorrow for the teams on monday and on down the line four players will not play uh, that normally would all four of them are starters uh, laramie tunsell and josh jones jones would have been starting yet again uh, with the absence of the Original starting tackle. And Laramie Tunsil will miss his third game of the season uh, with the knee issue. Neither of them practiced all week. It's a hand injury for Josh Jones. Uh, Denzel Perryman's now going to miss his second game of the season with hand and wrist injuries. Didn't practice all week. And I don't think there's any surprise that a three- to four-week injury for Javier Thomas with the hand injury and subsequent surgery. A lot of hand injuries. Has him out for the week. Those are the two hand injuries of note. Everybody else that had any kind of practice uh, note limited or rest uh, is available for the game on Sunday other than Michael Dieter. He's listed as questionable. Uh, he had an issue uh, beginning with uh, Thursday's practice. Uh, has been limited over the course of the week. Didn't practice Friday. I would not expect him uh, to be active. So they'll have to make some changes to the roster uh, to accommodate for the fact that three People on their active roster that play offensive line are not available, probably. Uh, they only carry eight. 
Uh, so there will probably be a signing off of the practice squad. I would assume a Deculus might be signed rather than elevated. Um, and he will probably be the starter in place of Josh Jones. Uh, for someone who's never played, that's a pretty big step up and a pretty significant spot to be placed on Oof. in protection of uh, C.J. Stroud. But clearly the Texans know that going in and hopefully are play calling and uh, playing the game accordingly. But yeah, this is pretty it's significant in that we're heading into another week and uh, hopefully we're, we're nearing the end, both nearing the end for absences by Tunsil and Josh Jones and nearing the beginning of the 2023 season for Titus Howard and Juice Scruggs. And as far as I can tell, and from my own eyes, although the Texans don't care what I think, I actually think Ken, Kendrick Green has played pretty well at uh, the guard position he's taken over, and I'm not sure what they'll plan on doing with, you know, Josh Jones could end up moving back inside if they need him. Jarrett Peterson could move out of center and Scruggs could go there. Scruggs could go to guard or Patterson. They actually will have a lot of options. I, w- I would assume the guys that have been playing are probably your best options on the interior, and they may just not mess with it for that very reason, uh, at least not on the short term. And maybe when the bye week comes around, it's a, an opportunity re- to revisit. Uh, but it also, uh, beyond the offensive line, as expected, once Jalen Petrie returned to practice and Fulham was cleared to play, which happened on Thursday, he will make his return to the field for the first time since the Baltimore game. Uh, he and Jimmy Ward will be back out there at safety, and that will be, uh, that'll be something that uh, I think this team will very much like uh, when these guys get out there together and kind of run the defense from the back end. Uh, fortunately, didn't see T.J. Watt's name on any of the injury reports. That's uh, I, I don't just, want him to be hurt. Well, no, but I, I don't want C.J. Stroud to be hurt either. <laughs> well, their defense, I mean, he's he will move around enough and be not necessarily where he lines up, but where he ends up rushing from, uh, that they'll have to accommodate for that as much as, as anything else. Uh, he does it to everybody. No reason why he won't do it f- uh, against the Texans. Uh, there are ways you can you know, try running at him. You can try running the flow of the play away from him. Uh, you can run quicker plays. You can have more. Like some of the plays they ran in the opening game to Noah Brown, some wide receiver screens. Well, Noah Brown's not out there, so they won't do that again. So maybe they'll do it to somebody who might be able to do even more with that, like Tank Dell. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to, to slow a pass rush. The best way is to do something I haven't done all year run the football effectively. Well, good luck. Well, it's, I don't think they, that this is any different uh, than any other week. I still think it's more them than, than the opposition. Uh, stopping, they're, they're stopping themselves. It's, it's weird how they've managed to do this, and I think they're doing it again this year. They can manage as pass blockers better than they are as a group of run blockers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And you know, you know we, we talk about Laramie Tunsil being so good, and, and I believe he is. And as a left tackle, if you're an elite pass blocker, that's job number one. I, I wouldn't call him an elite run blocker. I don't think they have anybody on their offensive line, even when healthy, that's an elite run blocker. And, and it shows. And it's mainly why I say I'm very surprised uh, by the balance in the snap counts for Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary. If there's a hole, Devin Singletary is going to be pretty quick to it, and he will get through it, and he'll gain yards. If there isn't, he's going nowhere, and the play is going to be a total dud. 
Pierce can usually figure out a way. Because he's much better. He just has much better vision and much better feet. He might not be quicker. And you saw last week Singletary actually had more success. And he's the running back they used later in the game to try to run clock and you know gain first downs by simply handing the ball to him, get six here, get four there, get another six, and you know churn out first downs. And he was very successful there. But they're very, very different. And, and I think Pierce, it's not about how great he is, because I don't know what level everybody places him on, but the skill set that he brings is huge for Houston because there aren't a lot of holes. And if you can't find them, like go above and beyond because of your quick feet, because of your great vision, which is an attribute not a lot of running backs have, he does. It's vital, I think, in their offense because he's so good at it. Uh, C.J. Stroud obviously going to play again. No issues that he's having. But Anthony Richardson and Bryce Young will start with their respective injuries. Uh, Richardson out of concussion protocol. And then Bryce Young had the uh, ankle issue. Who has the best weekend? Because... You can say easily that CJ is predicted to have the worst weekend of the three. You could argue that, at least, just because of the front he's going up against. Yes, so worthwhile to mention, the Colts are at home against the Rams, Mm -hmm. and the Panthers, after the Andy Dalton game, are at home for the winless Vikings. Uh, The Texans are at home for the 2-1 and Steelers. Steelers have made their opposing quarterbacks and or offenses, for the most part, look very bad. Uh, because they are very good. Yes, he has by far the most difficult matchup, but he's also by far the most early on accomplished. And getting a lot of rave reviews uh, from people who are now getting a chance to sit down and look at the tape, uh, especially the ones who are looking at the tape from each of the games, not even just one of the games, but seeing the difference in him from week one to week three. Obviously looked exceptional um, in taking care of the football in all three games, but as much as he's going above and beyond just taking care of the football, uh, he's obviously making plays, he's making the right reads, he's putting the ball where it needs to be, and that can still happen. And as awesome as the Steelers' front is, as great as they are as a pass-rushing team, their defense overall is excellent, and it's a clear advantage. There's no getting around it. They have a major advantage when their defense is on the field over the Texans' offense. But if the Texans are playing this game up 7 to nothing, up 10 to nothing in the early stages of the fourth quarter for either the offense getting them on the board or some other play like last week uh, putting points on the board, it really does either put you at ease or change the mental attitude of what's going on, even with 50 minutes remaining. So I do still think, let's let's see what happens before we uh, chalk this one up to, I don't even think he should start. He's going to get killed out there. It's over before they've even gotten to halftime to celebrate the Ring of Honor. Well, he has earned the right to not have that set after the first three weeks, regardless of the record. And the number has gone down. I don't know what it'll be for our Stone Cold Locks coming up. Uh, I have seen some entities rolling it out with the Steelers who opened at a shade over three. Now it's at two and a half. I got a good feeling. I didn't think I would, especially this early in the year. But uh, I I just I'm I am fascinated by this particular matchup this week and looking forward to uh, seeing what C.J. Stroud continues to do as the signal caller for the Texans. Okay, as Wex mentioned, Stone Cold Locks coming right up. And the Texans will obviously be involved, but we'll get to some other things as well, including our college game of the week. But right now, I want to tell you about something that uh, a friend of both of ours texted me about earlier today. He said, hey, who's that credit union you're always speaking for that has uh, the low interest and uh, can help you with uh, getting rid of debt? I'm like, oh, that would be Primeway Federal Credit Union. Debt consolidation loans are where it's at, especially in today's current financial climate, you want to have every advantage possible. I mean, they're doing their best not to give you any 
but not at Primeway. They give you solutions to your financial problems. And so if you find yourself in debt for whatever reason and for whatever amount, don't let high interest rates, especially on those credit card bills, keep you from making any headway and keeping you from getting out of that debt and getting ahead. You want to consolidate it into one low monthly payment and Primeway is the place to go with that. And when you get a low introductory rate and you consolidate that debt into that loan with a low monthly payment, you're going to be able to see a future where you are debt free. And when you're debt free, that also means you're debt stress free. And that is sometimes worse than the debt itself. Get rid of the headaches, get rid of the debt and lock in your rate today by going to their website. PrimewayFCU.com is the place to go. PrimewayFCU.com. The A-Team continues on your phone. Listen to Sports Talk 790 on any device with our free iHeartRadio app. Remember that magic eight ball? A nice little shake and... Look at this, I'm getting late tonight. The big announcer guy's giving it to you. You can trust whatever it said. Or you could trust these two guys named Adam. It's a crapshoot either way, but these are your stone cold locks. The stone cold Simpson. Thank you, Stephen. Wex AC, Dan here with you. Got a video to show you, by the way. I forgot to send it your way. What? It's very, very good. Uh, Stone Cold Locks. We are tightly packed together through the first four weeks of competition. 20 games picked. And as you know, they're Stone Cold Locks, so none of us have more right than wrong. I'm sitting at an even 500. Ten wins for me, nine wins for Dan, eight wins for AC. Unacceptable. Uh, We've all been uh, very good. When it comes to the Texans, two of the three weeks, we've gotten the game correctly, all three of us. So you can make that three out of four. Texans are a, as I said, I've seen it at different numbers in different places. So the final number that we will work off of is the original number. Texans plus three, over under sitting at 42 even. Mm. We'll pick that game last. College game of the week this week. Texas A&M, unfortunately, moving forward without Connor Wegman. Uh, the foot injury that uh, sidelined him during the game and had people wondering how serious it was as he uh, limped off the field and on into the tunnel. Serious enough that his season is over. Uh, Very good that Max Johnson is in the fold and played very well in the game. And now they are facing Arkansas. Aggies are six-point favorites at Arkansas. Played gamely against LSU this past week. Over-under of 53-and-a-half. Dan, get us started as always. Let's hear your player prop and pick your college football game of the week, Aggies, Arkansas. All right, so I'm going to go with the NFL for my player prop. I'm going to go Tyreek Hill, over 86 and a half receiving yards. Did we do a good job or totally drop the ball on uh, the off-field story of the week concerning Tyreek Hill? Probably dropped the ball, which okay. maybe we can save for about 45 minutes from now. But I, okay. I, I'm picking up what you're putting down for I, sure. I figured you might. There you go. All right. And then uh, Arkansas a and I'm going to go the Hogs plus six for this one. Always a weird game there in Arlington. And I just think that uh, it's going to be a chance if Arkansas doesn't win it, they at least keep it close. Just out of curiosity, now that they've done this for several years from a college football standpoint, do you like a handful of these neutral site games 
and no. playing it where it is? Not really. I mean, I think the on-campus is even better. And if I'm not mistaken, I think it's the Aggies' perspective, too, as well of, no, let's let's do this at either or, either in Fayetteville or in College Station. And it does sound like that is starting to come off of it. But, no, if, if you can have it on campus, have it on campus. And lastly, because we never talk about Arkansas, it is Personality City uh, in the SEC with the head coaches uh, I think we're all sleeping on how awesome Sam Pittman is. He's the best. I, I, I've been knowing this for years when he was the O-line coach at Georgia. I mean, he had the whole yes, sir, whenever they got a recruit. And uh, now uh, you're going to have to uh, get him on the field because off the field, he's deactivated his Twitter. I saw him talk about that yeah, this because, week. Because people have been coming after him and calling him, let's just say, portly. Yes, he and he, he, he did say that. Oh, fat jokes on Twitter, that never happens. He, he did say it's it's possible he could be making a return, but didn't put a timeline uh, on it. What do you got for your uh, player prop and your college football game of the week? I, too, will go with the NFL, and I'm going to go right here in Houston. As much as I want this to not be the case, I do think C.J. Stroud's going to have a more difficult afternoon, and so the passing touchdowns at over-under one and a half, I'm taking the under on C.J. Stroud. Oh, four on the season, a pair each of the last two, none in the opener. It's not a bad pick, I don't think. And as far as the A&M-Arkansas game, um, I'm going to take the under on that as well. It is still 53-and-a-half. We will run with 53-and-a-half. Yeah, I'll take the under on that one. Um, but I'm not confident. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm uh, just being honest. You know, I'm not sure after watching the Arkansas-LSU game and, and seeing a little bit more of, of the Aggies over the first couple weeks of the season, I, I want to say it's they're going to go way over that number. But I can't do that. And I want to say that the Aggies already have a good sense of how they'll play with Johnson as the permanent quarterback, especially how he came in and did play. I just wish that number wasn't what it is. I'm glad it's not seven. So this is kind of, I don't think the Miami loss hurts at all. But if they lose this game, it hurts big. So I'm going to take them to not only win, but I'll take them to cover on the road. Wow. I don't know. Probably pretty bold. I'm not going to uh, do anything differently than I did last week. If they're going to offer it again, I will take it again. Tank Dell, over three and a half receptions. Why What is? Why is that a thing? That's what they're offering. Actually, all of the Texans receivers are sitting at the same number. Even Dalton? All of the Texans receivers. Tight ends receive. Uh, they don't have that moniker next to their name. Three and a half for Nico, three and a half for Robert Woods, three and a half for Tank Dell. Is Dalton's number there? Yeah, it is, and it's lower than that because he's not a part of the offense. He's not. Uh, not it's like he's not the, there. Not a part of the passing game. I don't want to make light of the fact that people do things when they don't have the ball thrown their way sometimes, block and take care of a defender and run a route that creates an opening for somebody else. I'll be fair and nice. All right, uh, your other two games, non-Texans, Dan. I'm going to go uh, wild card both in college. I'm going to go... The state that I was just in, the Peach State. I'm going to go Georgia Tech at home, taking on Bowling Green, covering the 21. And then Georgia at Auburn, Deep South's oldest rivalry. I'm going the Dogs, 14 and a hook. Unimpressed or impressed with Auburn last week against the Aggies? Unimpressed. I mean, but this is to be expected. I mean, with a roster that is completely rebuilding from a coach who just did not even care about having good recruiting relationships in the Yellowhammer State or anywhere in the Southeast. And now Hugh Freeze is trying to pick up the pieces from that. I think he will get there. He's just not there yet. True or false? When you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. Signed have, Auburn. Yeah, you, you have no quarterbacks. I mean, this kind of going between Holden Gurner 
Turner and Robbie Ashford. I mean, it's just pick one, but they really like the guy that's coming down the pike, too. So we'll see if uh, Auburn is able to get things going. Good luck with the announcers if Holden Gurner is, in fact, the long-term starter there. What do you got for your two wild card games? <laughs> is this like the Frank Hoor comment yesterday? It, I think it very well could be. So good. How can you not take the over on Dolphins' bills? Uh, you know, it's like, just kind of it's because it's so obvious. It's so obvious, and yet I feel like because I'm going to take the over, they'll bleep me. Just like I've been bleeped in other ways this football season with fantasy and some of my picks. Um, obvious picks just haven't gone my way, but I just I cannot not take the over on a game like that, especially when I've got a fantasy football quarterback involved on one side and the Miami Dolphins offense on the other. I know they're not playing the Denver Broncos, but boy, are they explosive this year. Always a good idea to wait. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. with things that have nothing to do with the game itself. I like that. What's your other one? Patriots at Cowboys. This is an interesting game to me, uh, especially in light of the recent Mac Jones accusations. But I just feel like a 43-and-a-half with the Cowboys offense... I, I, I got to get picks back up now that they're not playing bird gang guys defense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that's okay. stellar defense. But oh, then again, they did not look good offensively. Bill Belichick likes to take away the best weapon on the other side, but his team's not as good as in seasons <laughs> I, past. I so think Dak took away his best weapon last week. Yeah. I, uh, I think I'm going to take the over on this one just because 43 and a half seems very, very low for the off, at least one offensive. I mean, I guess I can let you have it at 43 and a half. I see 44. Fine, take the over again. Boom, 44. Uh, I was tempted to play U of H Texas Tech, but if I'm going to say don't let other things get involved, so I won't. Uh, <laughs> talked about LSU before the show with uh, some people here at the station, including Dan. Shocking. I at will, this station? At this station, at this very place we call our radio home. I Heart Radio Houston. Yeah. Gallery area. Yes. No specifics. Right. There's a few of us. I will take... What uh, up, Eddie? I'll take uh, Mike the Tigers team to cover the two and a half. Is he the belligerent one on Twitter? You know those games no, you play uh, social media with uh, members of your team or on a late night talk show where you get somebody important, a player, an athlete, and you have them stick their hands in a cardboard box from the other side. They can't see what's in it, but you can, and they're afraid to touch it. Sounds like a Halloween game. Yeah, Livy Dunn was afraid to touch plush Mike the Tiger. Really? Yeah, but then once she was handling it, everything was fine. Uh, so usually I will, how it works. I will. T- yeah, it was, it was great. <laughs> LSU, Did you like that, Dan? Minus two and a half at Ole Miss. Uh. Uh, then I'll take it inside the NFL. I can't sit here every day on this show for at least this football season, if not many others prior to it, and tell you the Titans stink without proving it in stone cold locks. I thought about this game. Oh well, since you thought about that game, I'll go to a different game. I'll take the Ravens. Good lord! As underdogs at the Browns. Stop it. You They're know what? One and a half point underdogs at you know Cleveland. What? This is a so game. I will take the Ravens plus one and a half this at game's the Browns. Going to be good for the Texans. Sean Watson listed questionable this week. Coach Stefanski said he hopes he'll be able to play on Sunday. What's ailing him? His shoulder. 
You should get it. No, I can't. I can't. All right, Texans Too Steelers. Soon. Dan, you start. Texans plus three over unders, 42 and a hook. Even though my twin brother, Austin Deculus, is likely going to be the starting left tackle, I just think about T.J. Watt in that defense. But then I also think about, as we talked about with Andrew Filipponi yesterday, this awful Steelers offense. With the uh, worst offensive coordinator in the NFL and, leading it. And I know from experience. His words, not ours. I'm going to go Texans. Matt Canada, this guy sucks. This guy sucks. That's it. They feel that way up there. I'm going to go Texans cover the number, plus three. AC? Under. TJ Watt, man. I mean, at least you're staying consistent if you think the touchdown pass under will hit. Well, yeah. That would make sense. What, am I going to take the over when I think he's only going to throw for one or less? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I do think if it's a close game, the Texans are going to go ahead and win it, which obviously would be a cover as they are dogs. So I'll, I'll plan on that being the outcome on Saturday. It's, it would finally go against where I thought the Texans would be. Through three weeks, I thought they'd be one and two, though I did not think it would go that way. And through three weeks, I thought they'd be one and three. So this would be a change. This would be, hey, maybe they'll win more than I thought. Texans cover the number of three. Those are your Stone Cold Locks. Dive back into the conversation or some other bold predictions about the game. Uh, what does the future hold for your Houston Astros over the next handful of hours before you reconvene on Monday and know where exactly they will be on Tuesday? If they're in Houston on Tuesday, it could be good. It also or could bad. be bad. So we'll get into that as we continue here on the 18. Cannonball! Weekends are better with Astros baseball. Just tell your smart device. Alexa, play Sports Talk 790 on iHeartRadio. A-team rolling along here on Sports Talk 790. Got our Stone Cold locks in. Ready for another weekend of NFL and college football, but ready for meaningful baseball games on the final weekend of the season. When's the last time this really, truly applied to the Astros? Yeah, you'd mentioned uh, the finish to the last couple of seasons for the Astros when we were talking with Jeff Blum. Uh, They ended up winning uh, more than maybe we realized at the end of last year, but they also were... 16 games up in the division and weren't being chased for the overall number one seed either. Um, they were kind of setting, getting things ready and knowing they had the days off, resting guys, pitchers especially, mm-hmm. wasn't really the name of the game. It was more, well, he can throw on Saturday and then he'll still get six or seven days off before pitching again, or he could have 12 days off. And, and obviously that was something they had to consider. I don't know the reason for it yet. Uh, but Chandler Rome notes 10 minutes ago that Jose Arquiti is starting tonight's game for the Astros. J.P. France has been scratched. Uh, so, again, I don't know the reasoning behind it. I don't know if it's injury-related or let's reshuffle the deck for how we want to approach these three games. Jose Arquiti has only made four appearances the month of September. Uh, his last one is the one you hope you get this time. Uh, came out of the pen and gave him three hitless innings. Uh, against the Kansas City Royals, so a lot better than most guys pitched against Kansas City. Uh, his three appearances before that, 10 runs allowed, seven and a third innings pitched, 10 hits, four home runs. Uh, very, 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 very concerning that a, a pitcher who probably can't give you length on top of being pretty ineffective in 2023, carrying a 584 ERA into today's game, is the guy you're handing the ball to first. Uh, fly ball pitcher in that altitude. 
Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he, I mean, I wouldn't even call him a fly ball pitcher. I'd call him a home run pitcher. That's what I meant. I was being, <laughs> I was being nice. No. Uh, that's not 11 homers and 57 innings so far this season. But again, I have always been more confident in Jose Arquiti's abilities than most in these parts, I'd say. Um, and that, that goes back to his rookie season, starting a game in the World Series against the Nationals in which he was awesome. So, I, you sound like Andrew Filippini talking about how good Kenny Pickett was three years ago. He was a really big Kenny Pickett fan. I did not see that coming. <laughs> yeah, his postseason performance, just period. Any given game you want to pick out is certainly nice. But you know, three seventy two career postseason ERA over twelve appearances, some as a starter, some as a uh, bullpen guy. And yes, last year's postseason was part of that excellence. Uh, three shutout innings in the World Series. Last year is what he contributed for the Astros during their 2022 World Series run. So this is uh, not necessarily a must win, but how did we describe the manner in which Scott Service and Dusty Baker called the shots in Wednesday's series and season finale with the Seattle Mariners? Playoff caliber managing? It was, oh my gosh, I can't watch what might happen. I have to change what think what I think will happen. You know, pulling pitchers, extending pitchers, uh, all of those things happened on both sides. Matt Brash extended by Scott Service to get them two innings. Uh, the immediate pull of uh, Topa, who obviously didn't have it. And for the Astros to ask for and get uh, five shutout innings from Graveman, Neris, Abreu, and Presley, with both Abreu and Presley, uh, pitching more than one inning, getting more than three outs, uh, you're almost signing up for that tonight. And you're not that far removed from Abreu throwing 44 pitches. He threw 44 pitches on Wednesday. And you're starting, I mean, I don't think there's a, a pitch limit on Urquidy, but I would be pretty surprised if he's throwing pitch 75, 6, 7, 8. Uh, somewhere in that neighborhood is probably about the time, if he's even had a successful outing, that you're you're probably looking to somebody else to go get some outs. That is definitely a wrinkle in what I was expecting to be watching tonight. I hope it's just the game of his life. Well, he could save some for the postseason if they're going to go ahead and go. But um, yeah, and there's no indication about what the ailment. I'm sure or- there will be as Dusty meets with the media at some point early before. Uh- this evening's game, as he always does, a little bit later starts. Obviously, pushing the timing back than uh, would normally have it over the course of our program and be able to pass along what, what he's got to say on that front. Uh, a lot of things for him to consider. Um, we're about 30 minutes away, I think, from his avail. Interesting stuff right there. All right, we're going to come back. We will wrap up the uh, 4 o'clock hour. Football at 5 will obviously be a part of the festivities as well. So we continue here on a Friday edition of the A-Team in anticipation of the final regular season series of the year for the Astros right here on your home for Astros Baseball Sports Talk 790. Adam Clanton. Adam Wexler. Back to Houston's A-Team on Sports Talk 790. A team winding down the 4 o'clock hour here on a Friday. Sports Talk 790. Wex AC, Dan Matthews with you. Taking you up to 6 o'clock. Nightcap, Astros, and Diamondbacks. You know, when you looked at the schedule and you saw the uh, Diamondbacks at the very tail end of the year, 
you probably assumed two things way back in April. The Astros would be lapping the rest of the division, and it would be a very easy weekend cruising to that division uh, official champion. Well, you probably already had clinched, you thought, at that point. Two I might things. have believed more of the second one. I definitely did not think the Astros would be lapping the field. And wait till you hear this. Uh-oh. The Astros will be widely predicted to finish third in their division next year. Um, doesn't that... I can. I mean, I can see somebody saying that, but doesn't that have to like wait for the off season to be had? The winter meetings, hot stove. What is it that the Astros are going to do this off season? Uh, well, I would in previous seasons, I would have assumed before all the injuries that happened to specifically the starting pitching that they would have been turning around and trading one of those guys. I for, mean, so what are they going to do this off season? They've got money committed to Montero. And Abreu from last offseason. They've got money committed to Verlander that they did not anticipate, although some of it is offset by uh, the trade dollars that came over. Uh, the expected returns at some point for Lance and Luis. And essentially, almost everybody else is under contract. Hector Neris, I would assume they want to bring back, but it probably is very costly since he knows how much other people in his bullpen make, and he's been incredibly successful. Incredibly better than year. one of them that makes a lot more? Well, I mean, he would make he would make good money on the open market, and the Astros would be have, would have competitors for him, unlike what happened last offseason. Uh, but just saying all those things, like where is the money you want to spend, and what is it that you're looking for to spend on? And then take Not that, to mention, you take, need to be... You need to, if you're going to re-sign Kyle Tucker, it's this offseason. Right. So the team that they have now is, is next year's team, is what I'm basically saying. And when you look at the other teams that would have to be ahead of them, somebody's got to predict somebody to finish ahead of them. If they're going to be third, that obviously is Seattle and Texas. You know, Seattle is in really, really good shape uh, with Miller, Kirby, Castillo, and Logan Gilbert all set to be you know their top four starters next year. Uh, they've changed their bullpen a couple of times, but keep finding arms. They can get it done. Maybe they're in the market for uh, somebody in the bullpen. Their offense was down a bit this year, and they made the change with uh, Teoscar Hernandez. Uh, so maybe they kind of look to, is there a way to retool? Are we done pretending that Jared Kelnick's going to matter and we'll move in a different direction and try to you know spend on something? Because it appears they're willing to spend, plus the possibility. He's not going there. The possibility. He's not. Stop saying it. You're trying to make that manifest happen. I, I feel very confident in predicting a continued West Coast address. That's fine. For it's going to be in California, not in Washington State. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. Uh, even if he's not on their team, they could make some changes, but they're starting off from you know such a good position. You know what the ironic thing is about what you're saying? If you're going to be a prognosticator and you're going to pick one of those two teams, or in this case both, to finish ahead of the Astros in the division, yep. you have precedent to pick the Mariners, not the Rangers. Well, the, the Astros have beaten up on the Rangers yeah. this year. Well, yeah, head-to-head. -head. Well? 
Well, that doesn't matter because the, the Rangers Astros, are ahead of them. Okay, so you're just assuming the Astros are going to suck at home again. You play. You have to assume that you too. play 149 games against somebody else. That's yeah. why they're way ahead. That's right. And and the Astros have lost dumb ways, dumb games, mostly at home, but several on the road. They've lost dumb games that they shouldn't have. Right. They're I not just, the team that's blown 32 saves either. Well, exactly. That's Texas. I think that Texas um, regressing a bit is actually possible. I, look, the same things you could say about the Astros. Well, you're just going to assume that Lance McCullers is going to be healthy. Okay, are you going to assume that Degrom's healthy? You yeah, can't. Very fair in both of their top two pitchers that have been out uh, to say that about. That's and why maybe I say even Seattle, a, and maybe even a third. Like, if you want to tell me Seattle's going to win the division next year because they're going to take that next step and they're going to be the team that finishes ahead of the Astros because of legit reasons, not because dumb reasons. I just feel like this. <laughs> I just feel like this is such a fluke of a season for the team the Astros have, even though I know on the surface that just sounds like you're neglecting they are what their record is because they are who they are. I don't think they are who they've been this year, though, in yeah. a lot of ways. Would you call it an unhealthy season, a normal season, or an injury-riddled season for Houston? Unhealthy. So it's the- not injury-riddled, but you know what? If you were to argue that you thought it was, I would listen to you because you lost Luis Garcia. You never really got Lance. You um, had huge stints without Jordan, which is becoming normal. But you had a huge stint without Altuve that you weren't planning on. And there's a lot of things that happen. Brantley's just now playing. And I only say that because he's performing. You can't just throw him away. That's what I'm saying, though. Like... I, and they didn't have a lot of injuries. Uh, the injuries that they did have, I, I think because of the, the nature of the strength of their team, were very significant. You, you basically rattled off the four injuries, and, and Brantley may or may not be a part of that, however you le- look at it. But you know, two of your five starters basically missed the whole year, uh, projected starters. And you know, two of probably the guys you had the most confidence in being good offensively this year. Jose Altuve and Jordan Alvarez, and they actually have been your best two offensive players if you're looking at OPS and some other things, and they've missed the most significant time. Uh, you've got a huge chunk of your team that has been available to you the vast majority of the season, and looking at other teams, you might even say they've had better injury luck, but the, to who it took place, I think that's why I would call it a, a season you wished you didn't have injury-wise. You thought this could certainly have changed the outcome. I, I know the Rangers are definitely in that boat, too. Uh, while their regulars have all played a good chunk of the season, you had a good spot of Seager games missed. Recently had yep. Garcia hurt. He'd been hurt before. Josh Young. Just came back after missing time. And Jacob deGrom, they're probably their best pitcher. The best pitcher. I don't wouldn't call him their best pitcher. He only pitched six games for them. But he's an ace. Scherzer's an ace. Ivaldi's is, is an ace. They all miss significant time. I disagree on Ivaldi. He's well, he not an ace. Unbelievable numbers this year. He's one not, of, but he, okay, great. He had he's a good done it season. before. He's not an ace. Uh, he's a he's one. He's a good pitcher. He's a game one starter. Well, on that staff, he's not. Well, um, yeah, that's awesome. Now he's a game three starter. But that's I don't incredible. Think, I don't think he's, I, I just, I'm just not a Uvalde guy. I think he's fine. I don't think he's great. I don't even think he, he's good at his best. The, the Astros rotation, while it's not nearly as good as it has been, I, I'm not ready to say, oh, the Rangers rotation is just head and shoulders above like I, yeah, huge if, but yeah, I think it's pretty clear. So if many, their pitchers are healthy, they're, I'd say, significantly better than the Astros. But the huge if is not just maybe they'll be healthy, maybe they won't. They've got like the worst injury history ever. Why would that be different next year? 
I mean, Degrom literally might never pitch again. About Lance because, exactly, and but that's he's what at I the worry back about. end of the Astros rotation, whereas these guys are at the front. But see, to me, that's crazy to even say, and you have all the right to do it based on his injury history. But he was the ace when they went to the World Series two years ago. Different I, kind I, of ace to me, at least. And, but he and was just good, very good, uh, very. He's. Kind of like Dylan Cease. He's so frustrating because he, you know what you have. You can't hit him, and he knows how to get out of trouble, but he's probably not going seven or eight innings. And he's going to make you nervous in the seven innings that he does. He pitch. doesn't like to give in, and it usually works. I'm going to I'm going to paint all day. You're going to swing at my pitches, and when you hit them, you're not going to square them up. I have good stuff, and I'm going to pitch to that good stuff. And if it gets guys on base because they walk, so be it. I'll just get the next guy you out. You need that guy back for me to feel good. And that's the thing. What are you? What could? Okay, let's say the season ends whenever. Let's say they Sunday. Do. <laughs> Don't well, like, Thursday. When, whenever it does. Stop Two weeks it. from now. Stop November. After, right November. before the parade. Yes. Okay. Let's say it ends then. Uh, In Baltimore. What's going to happen this off season that's going to make you? You being any of you that are listening, <laughs> not just Wex, confident in just Lance McCullers. Take everything else that we're talking about that are, I mean, there's a lot of variables we're putting at play here. That's why I can't say, oh, oh yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. I, I just, but if he is Nobody there, makes predictions that they want to put in stone before the previous season has ended. I'm but just this is gonna be saying a, what I believe will take place. Yeah, but after the season ends, and again, free agency and all that kind of stuff, which I don't think they'll be pl- big players, obviously. But who knows? Jim Crane can surprise you. They, they might have a GM for the whole offseason. They might yeah. even also have a president of baseball operations. Who knows? But what, like, what is Hunter Brown now? Like, what is, what's Jose Urquidy's role? Like, if he goes out there and pitches lights out tonight... You can't tell. What's Christian Javier next year? Like, he was awesome last year. I don't like that you have so many question marks. That's the problem. I, I don't, but it's hard so to answer it done your this question. Year, right? Yeah, just win the World Series again. If the Astros manage to take this series, get themselves into the postseason, it'll be a 50-win season on the road. 50 through 51 if they take all three. I'll get you some more on that. We hit football at 5 as we hit the top of the hour here. Uh, the uh, Texans and Steelers this weekend, the focus C.J. Stroud, The Focus. Let me tell you about Classic Elite. Love talking to you about Classic Elite, uh, especially when I'm talking about Classic Elite Chevy Sugarland or Classic Elite Chevy Highway 6 and the vehicles you should be looking at and saying, oh, my goodness, that four-door Silverado, are you kidding me? The 1500 payments of $499 a month at 1.9% APR? Yeah, I like that. Or maybe even the four-door Silverado, 2500 Payments of $699 a month at 1.9% APR. Yes, they can do that for you at Classic Elite Chevy Sugarland Classic Elite Chevy Highway 6. They are the GM dealer of the year now. Should be getting that 13th straight award anytime now. Jeff and Tiffany Sebastian, the wonderful owners out there, uh, making sure that uh, everybody is out there and gets what they are looking for. I can vouch for that very same thing, having purchased my vehicle from Classic Elite Chevy Sugarland as well. When you head on over there, you tell them Adam Wexler sent you by. You're either elite or you're not. Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler are the A-Team. Are you ready for some football? It's five o'clock somewhere. Nothing, baby. It's five o'clock football. Don't run that over here. Professional football in America is a special game. It is, and that's why we talk about it at 5 o'clock each and every weekday afternoon here on the A-Team. We call it Football at 5, Wex AC. Dan Matthews here with you on the A-Team. Texans-Steelers from NRG Stadium, 12 noon Sunday. 
halftime ceremony to honor J.J. Watt, who graced the facility with his presence today. It was out on the practice field inside. Texans practiced indoors in the stadium, which they do much of the season on Fridays. They will be wearing battle red helmets. They will be wearing battle red jerseys. And they will be wearing Liberty White pants on Sunday. No ketchup bottle outfits. Uh, if you're looking at them from the waist up, it's ketchup. Um, but hopefully you can see all of them. Actually, they should have a white helmet. And then a lot of people have actually asked for that over the years. Well, what I'm saying is it would be a ketchup bottle scenario if it was red on red with a white helmet. Because <laughs> that's the cap. That is the cap. Uh, funny in that you're talking about that. It would have been funnier if they were still playing the team that played at Heinz Field. But, of course, that sponsorship deal has run its course. If you don't get Whataburger ketchup, which means if you're you know a communist, what's your favorite go-to ketchup that you would buy off the shelf in the grocery store? Is it Heinz? Is it Hunt's? Uh, or is it that's it because those are the only two options I can think of? I'm going to be honest with you. I can't remember the last time I opened the refrigerator door, grabbed the ketchup bottle, and squeezed some onto my plate or food item. So you're not a big ketchup eater? No, not unless I... Well, wherever I've gone that needs ketchup, is usually outside the house. I will make burgers at the house from time to time. But you don't put ketchup on your burgers? Uh, there's probably some ketchup packets that I'll just use as my ketchup. But since I love spicy ketchup so much, yeah, I always make my own spicy ketchup. You make it? Well, I've got hot sauce in the refrigerator. I will mix it in together. Wow, I have never heard of that. See, what I thought that sentence was going to end with was there has, I can't remember the last time I reached into the refrigerator, pulled out a ketchup bottle, <laughs> and it wasn't Whataburger, either regular or spicy. Well, two of the Whataburger sold at the grocery store hamburger condiments sauces are in my refrigerator currently. Ketchup? No. What? The patty melt sauce, which is, I believe, how they term it now, it was their pepper sauce. Got that. Yeah, I don't Just added that. some jalapeno ranch as well. So okay. Use some of that. They do have a nice line. They do have a nice line. Uh, we're obviously talking about C.J. Stroud. Yeah, Everybody clearly. knows that. Uh, we ran through a bunch of the other numbers throughout the course of the week. Helped him win Player of the Month Award among rookies in the NFL and helped put his name among the elites all time and things that rookies have done over their first three games. Clearly, I think even if Anthony Richardson and Bryce Young had taken all the snaps for their team as C.J. has for his, uh, his numbers would, would easily surpass theirs, but they clearly do over three weeks. A.C. mentioned earlier all three quarterbacks will start this weekend in their respective games. Uh, but we really never get into some of the other areas of C.J. Stroud's game that uh, has been incredibly polished. Uh, and that's some of the work that he's done under pressure. It's a lot of the work that he's done on third down. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, 311 yards passing on third down in the in this season. That's second in the NFL to C.J. Stroud, who's thrown for nearly 400 yards on third down, best in the NFL. Obviously, the completions go along with it. He's got 10 more completions on third down than anybody else in the NFL heading into week four. Uh, nobody has more touchdown passes on third down in the league than C.J. Stroud's three 20-yard completions or more. Nobody in the NFL has more than C.J. Stroud. Patrick Mahomes, again, third down completion percentage, 71%. Ridiculously that's good. Is that like all time? Almost. No, this year. No, but I'm like... That's Almost just... as good as C.J. Stroud's. League leading 76.2%. He's the best quarterback in the NFL through three weeks on third down 
period. Passer rating of 128.8. C.J. Stroud, I can't play quarterback in the NFL because of where I went to college, narrative guy. Can I? How many more times can I keep reminding the dumbs how dumb a statement that was? Can he I? Be, he could be half as good as he is. Right. And that statement would have never made sense. Can I revisit what you said about the rookies this year? Has sure. he already changed your mind that none of them are going to have? Yeah, it's probably worthwhile to. It's because quarter pole of the season is this week, four out of the you, 17 games. I said, statistically speaking, he, and I meant all three, not going to have a good season statistically. CJ Stroud, maybe he throws 17 touchdowns, maybe he has you know, 14 turnovers, 12 picks, two fumbles, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. They don't have a really good offense. And by no means was I putting it on him or saying this is any sign of things to come, but. Just my overall thought on a rookie quarterback drafted this high because the talent of the team he was going to merited them having that pick. Uh, the odds of him having a successful statistical season were... Ex- With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Extremely low. Dead wrong so far. Dead And I wanted to clarify, wrong. you were saying, statistically speaking, not the record. Yeah, I mean the record is they're one and two. He's not going right. to help them. That means they're on pace to well, go but, five and ten but, with two games remaining. I mean that's right on par. If, if Anthony Richardson stays upright, there is reason to believe that maybe the Colts would surprise, be better than you thought they were going to be. From they a haven't lost loss, since he left. From a win loss standpoint, less well, because Gardner unde- Minshew is so awesome. They're undefeated when he doesn't finish the game. They're winless when he does. By the way, this How about is that. This is their last week without Jonathan Taylor, right? Uh, not necessarily. Unless it's they the trade la- him. It's the last week he's ineligible That's to I mean. play because he's on IR. But when you're on IR, it doesn't mean you automatically come back in five weeks. Right. It is believed he's healthy enough and is ready to play. But it's also believed he doesn't want to play for the Colts. So a, a trade. So could things still, are complicated. Things are very complicated if you shake that magic eight ball. A lot of the uh, smarts out there, no longer the dumbs, mm-hmm. uh, are talking about C.J. Stroud mm-hmm. as they should be, including. One of the many former Houston Texans quarterbacks that fancies themselves as a uh, proud speaker on topics like playing quarterback on in the NFL. Or towel use. Yeah, I mean, if you had to rank current microphone holder analysts that used to play for the Texans, how would you rank them? Well, whatever's first would not be David Carr. Okay. Because he's a dumb. I think if I have the right number in mind, he'd be third. Dan's four. Dan's first. Dan Orlovsky is first. But I'm trying to think of who's second. David Carr is third. Right. I'm tr- Who's a former quarterback? There's two more. Um, One doesn't talk about the NFL. He talks about college football. Buff Fumble? No. That he wasn't never, him. He Matt Leiner. Sorry. I, thought, I had Mark oh, Sanchez I, in my... I'm sorry. That's five. That's but he I, doesn't do games. That's right. Okay. Is, is the college one the number two? Yeah. His name's Brock. He's fourth. Oh, come on. <laughs> No, I, that's why I say who's the number two. Number two is the guy that was on last night, Thursday Night Football. Why? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm still not used to thinking of Ryan Fitzpatrick as an analyst. He, as far as I'm concerned, he's still playing, yeah, even though he's on he commercials. Pre-half and post, uh, Tony G, 
Andrew Whitworth, who joined us right before the season. Yep. Richard Sherman and Ryan Fitzpatrick in front of a massive crowd of Detroit Lions fans last night at Lambeau Field. Well, they were happy. They were very happy. But they're for real, aren't yeah, they? I absolutely Am I crazy? believe it. No, Dan Orlovsky's other former team is the Lions. Uh, he got to talking, doing some film study on C.J. Stroud here. Some of what he had to say about the Texans' rookie quarterback. He's the best in the pocket mover since Joe Burrow came into the NFL as a rookie. Wow. The operational space. We knew he was the best pocket passer. You know, that's what makes Joe Burrow so special or like one of the most important things. He's the best, CJ, when it comes to since Joe came into the NFL. That subtle, sudden pocket movement that takes me from here to there in very little wasted time. To watch him do that against a pretty good Jacksonville defense. And throw it the way he threw it, oof, it's pretty, man. Here's the thing. Am I crazy that I thought he would be more of a mobile quarterback? Not saying a running quarterback, but more of a mobile one because I fell in love with the guy who played Georgia. Let's take these three guys. Uh, let's take Joe Burrow, who was just mentioned, Justin Herbert, who I've mentioned, and Pat Mahomes, who's the best quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Strictly from a mobility standpoint, how do you view those three? Like ranking them? No, like are they mobile? What do they do with their feet? Do they run? You know, you know. And looking at those three quarterbacks, I think comparing him to CJ to Joe Burrow is very good in that regard. Joe Burrow's not running for first downs. He's he can extend plays, but most of his best work is still done within the parameters of the pocket, and that's what he's talking about. He knows when to step up. He knows when to slide over. He knows which way to roll based on where he feels uh, the pressure from. I think Justin Herbert does more scrambling out of the pocket, and again, not likely to then turn up field and run, whereas Mahomes, who's not tremendously athletically gifted with his speed, continues to find a way. He's herky-jerky. He extends every play yeah. forever, basically until Travis is open, and then he shovels it. If he needs to run for eight yards, he runs for eight and a half yards. If he yep. needs to run for 13 yards, he runs for 13 and a half yards, sticks the ball out and goes out of bounds, or starts his slide at the right time. Chains are moving a lot. He's He's like embarrassingly bad at that compared to Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and so many others, and yet he's very successful. That is not C.J. Stroud. It could be like what Jared Goff did last night, one run for 11 yards. That's what C.J. Stroud did in his last game, basically. Somewhere in the middle of he's capable of creating extra time, capable of using his feet to help the offense move the ball, but he's not, gonna, he's not running the football. He did do that against Georgia because he had to. Because he had to. But I, I don't think that's going to happen often, even further on into his career. And same thing for Burrow. Burrow's going to be among the you know lowest rushing yardage guys for a guy who plays you know a whole season pretty much every year. None of them are quite Brady-esque in that it's even worse. <laughs> they, they rush for one yard a carry because all they do is do sneaks. But I don't think we're going to see that from him. And it's also probably not necessary uh, either. I don't think it's a concern. He's very good at like that's why I think it's it's a good analysis point to bring to the basses. It, it's not about being mobile or being a dual threat. It's about understanding the mechanics of getting rid of the football and moving the offense through the air with your feet, if that makes sense. No, I um sneaky, deceptive, whatever you want to call it, he can do it if he needs to, but I that's why I think he's the he's the perfect blend for today's NFL. You're not going to run outrun anybody. No. But, man, the numbers are just, they are enticing. And I really hope that 
even though he's up against a, a much more formidable front and just a defense in general um, this week that he can still, like if he puts up impressive numbers against this defense, he's going to start getting a, even more love than he has already. And he's getting a good amount. Like I'm actually, I'm mildly surprised that you're getting guys like Dan Orlando. I'm not saying that, you know, he's, I'm surprised at Dan. I'm just surprised in general that they're paying attention to him this much. I know he he's a rookie. Them. Right, exactly, exactly. And that is the true sign because we all know when the media has a narrative. Um, Notice versus, we didn't go to Colin Cowherd's thoughts on Zach, on uh, C.J. Stroud because we never will. That's very much a rock comment. Here's what uh, Colin Cowherd had to say about Texans quarterbacks. We don't care what you think. It doesn't matter what you think, Colin. Yeah. I, st- I still can't believe the guy we love and know works with him every day and doesn't just... Ugh. Well, he, of course, came around and talked about how good he is, but we're not playing that. Oh, we're not playing that at all. All right, uh, we will continue with, in case you missed it, some of the things we have not gotten to, including an item that was teased earlier in the show from one Dan Matthews. All that coming up next on the A-Team. Rest assured, no other sports station in H-Town has two Adams in the afternoon. I'm so lucky to have you looking out for me. Adam Planton and Adam Wexler are the A-Team. This is about the time of the day here on the A-Team where we hit on a few items we might not have had a chance to discuss that are worthy of discussion. I have a few to get us started, including the Astros lineup today against the Diamondbacks. We'd mentioned already the Chandler Rome uh, had the info that uh, Jose Arquiti would be making the start for J.P. France. The Astros released the lineup and made note of that fact, saying J.P. France has been scratched due to a family emergency. So hopefully uh, this isn't too serious, but obviously that is in and of itself a very serious situation. So hopefully um, he'll be able to take care of that. Uh, the lineup, Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, Jordan Alvarez, Glove not necessary for Jordan. Kyle Tucker, Jose Abreu, Michael Brantley. He'll be wearing the glove he needs to play left field. Chaz McCormick's in center. Jeremy Pena is your shortstop. And Martin Maldonado will be doing the catching. Yiner Diaz, Singleton, Kessinger, and the likes will be available off the bench tonight for Dusty. Have I ever put into words on the air to you how much I die inside when you phrase it that way? And I know it's not your fault. You're just passing along accurate info. Yiner Diaz will be available off the bench. So, She's just so insta- go instead of yourself already in some random spot in the order, not you. Maybe he's fifth. Maybe he's seventh. And unfortunately, he doesn't come up when you want him to. When he gets to the seventh, eighth, ninth inning, and there's a perfect spot to use him, he will be available uh, for Dusty tonight. Um, Dana well, Brown after the three at bats by Maldi, where he strikes out. Oh, he's going to hit a home run. Since you clearly asked, yes. Astros over the last 45 days, mm. all of them, all 11 regular Astros, which includes Michael Brantley, includes Dubon, Diaz, McCormick, etc., all 11 of them over the last 45 days have an OPS of 775 or better. They've been unreal. And that includes Martin Maldonado, whose OPS is over 800. That was a tank job he <laughs> over the, the last night, by 45 the way. days. He has everybody I mentioned as well, only not including Michael Brantley and Jeremy Pena, have at least five homers during okay. the last 45 days. Since you brought up his name, that guy's got to get better next year. 
He cannot have another season like this. He's well, he, regressed. Uh, he's pretty to me. He's he's a, he's not as good defensively as he was his rookie year, and he's clearly taken a step back offensively. You cannot argue either I, one of those. I don't think he's much different defensively. I'm still amazed, and I don't know where they come up with same those advanced numbers last year that helped him win it. He looks very very similar. I think the biggest difference is. There's no shift this year, and I think that's altering sure. the way that they handle their defense and where he is and plays. Yeah, the, my frustration is far more with the offense. Yeah, well, he's you. It's this team probably can afford it to have someone in the lineup who's a singles and doubles hitter. But if you have the power to have a really strong power stroke in the minor leagues and in your first season in Major League Baseball, it shouldn't just disappear. Now, I mean, extra base July power, 5th. I've always argued about this. I don't really care if you hit it over the fence. If you have extra base power and you're driving the yeah. ball and you have you know, you know 70 extra base hits in a season, I don't, it doesn't really but bother me. But this chop shop operation he, is he, just... He's a, he's a line drive hitter. He's yeah. a singles hitter. And, and he does have a good number of doubles, but it's just that is a very, very unexpected. That's where it's been a, a massive regression is that I think he's working on so many things about making good contact, maybe barreling some balls uh, with his swing. He's He's changed it to where... You know, his launch angle is very different. Um, he's only had a few that were even, oh, this would have been a home run somewhere else. There's very few of those that have even been out there. But, yes, Maldonado is doing the catching tonight uh, for uh, Urquidy. Uh, the roster move we mentioned they made earlier today, just to remind uh, Ryan Stanick on the paternity list, Seth Martinez available for the Astros. Of note, if you weren't aware, the minor league season is over. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anybody that they call up will have been staying loose. I'm sure they have a, a program that they're on, but they're obviously not pitching in games. Uh, but Seth Martinez has obviously been here uh, quite a bit of time. Hopefully we don't see him tonight, because I don't think things are going well if we do. If you were not aware, since it was from earlier, Dana Brown's weekly visit with the Sean Salisbury Show, lineups were discussed especially for the upcoming three games with a team that has not clinched. They have not clinched a playoff spot yet, nor has anybody in their division, nor have the Toronto Blue Jays, nor have the a team they're playing. And all of them are still playing for that. Dana Brown on uh, his thoughts on what the lineup tonight and this weekend might look like. Uh, I think we will have a high-powered offense. I mean, I think we'll have our, you know, our, our better hitters in there. That's what I'm you know, hoping for. And, um so, you know, I mean, like I said, Dusty makes the lineup and, you know, he goes through, you know, all of his thought process and his instincts and his feel for the game, over 50 years of experience. And, um, you know, he makes his decision. But uh, I know we need some offense, and, and so we can get that offensive lineup going today. We need to get game one. Uh, that's going to be that's gonna be big. Game one is going to be big. Got Furlander going tomorrow. So I feel really good if we can get game one. So high-powered offense. Yeah, the, the lineup. Yeah. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <clears throat> okay. How many runs did they score with their most recent used lineup? Seven. They scored eight. Let's start. Oh, let's, that's right. Let's not sell them short. That's right. It was eight. My bad. Now, was their high-powered lineup in effect? No. They managed to score eight runs. And one of the guys who's not considered high-powered scored their last run. Diaz on the bench 
and recently plunked by a 99-mile-an-hour pitch. Chaz McCormick also was on the bench. Uh, now, the aforementioned, in case you missed it. Oh, wait, can I give one more, Dan? Oh, please. I do. wrote it it's in there myself. Show. No, please. Uh, the United States sucks at golf. If you, in case you missed it overnight in this case morning. you missed it. Uh, midnight-ish. Uh, they began their uh, eight sets of matches today. You can win a half point of uh, the Ryder Cup, if you're unaware. It's us versus the world. We, we think we're awesome. Well, it's always us versus the world. I know. It's literal. It's the Ryder Cup. Now more so than ever. They uh, For morning matches, for, for us, more morning matches for where they're playing. They lost all four matches in the morning, so down 4-0s. They headed to the next set of four. They managed to also not win any of the four matches in the afternoon. And I wouldn't say luckily they halved three of them because they should have won at least two, if not all three of them. But they faltered down the stretch, and uh, Justin Rose, the last nail in their coffin, they're only down six and a half to one and a half at the Ryder Cup after one day. Why? I don't Way know. to go. <laughs> I us. don't know why this came to my mind when you're saying this. Remember in American Psycho where they're uh, displaying and comparing their business cards? Who and who? All of the guys. Patrick are they, in, are they and, like at the club? No, this is at the, the boardroom okay. at the office. Yes, I don't remember. And, of course... Christian Bale's character. Batman? Yes. Not in this movie. Do you like <laughs> Huey Lewis in the news? No, no, no. He, he goes, impressive. <laughs> Very nice. That's how I feel about this update on U.S. golfers. Even though we're a little uh, tight on time, I've used one of the items you wrote on today's In Case You Missed It. If you'd like to choose one more, please go right ahead. Well, of course, it's got to be what we teased about 45 minutes ago. So Tyreek Hill was on a Twitch stream with... Bucks receiver Mike Evans. And Tyreek Hill was talking about life after football. And let's listen to this awkward conversation. <laughs> you retire, you're doing, you're going to be all over. Huh? You're going to be on TV, everything. Huh? Nah, when I retire, bro, I really want to be a porn star, though, bro. Like, dead serious. Like, you think I got that? No? Nah, I mean, it's, it's whatever you want, bro. I ain't on that. <laughs> That's the perfect response, bro. So I hadn't heard that. I was aware of the story and, and what has taken place since. It. I'm going to say, to me, it sounded like, best, definitely from Mike's react, it almost sounded like he, he, was, he was kidding. Like he was joking. And he has since... Do you think I've got that? Yeah, like, very, very awkward. And a typical response from the other person, like, I don't even know well, what to say Well, think about here. what he's saying. He didn't say, I want to be a porn star. I mean, he did. He literally what, did. What he means is, I want to have sex on camera for money professionally. That's what he's saying to Mike Evans. What is Mike supposed that's, to respond that's with? That's like how I would say it, very non-salaciously. Right. No. <laughs> that sounds like, you know who that sounds like, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, I know you got you? more to the story. No? I, do, I do as well. <laughs> uh, here's what I will not be reading to you from an email I got earlier this week. If you are able to use this information, go right ahead. Uh, we have odds for you here. What will be the title of the adult film Tyreek Hill makes his debut? And you're not going to read this? I am this not going to read that list of possible titles of the adult well, if you really production. You weren't make going his debut. to read one. You would actually read one and say, I'm not going to read this title no, I'm, I'm, about this film. I'm being serious. I am not going to read them. No, nah, I mean, it's, it's whatever you want, bro. I, I'm saying, I'm there is a, a second list you can wager on. 
Which adult film actress will he perform with first? That's an easy one. Go ahead. Pick one. Lisa Ann. Uh, Lisa Ann. There are not odds on Lisa Ann. Probably. Because, never mind. I'm not going to say that out I, loud. I don't think she's fully retired, but I do think the attempt at retirement hasn't been made more than You're once. You're never fully retired from porn. Like, would you? All right. I'll come back. That's what she's done. So you get one more I've guess. Been told. I mean, there's almost 20 names on the list. Can't you get one? No. Dan, do you want to help him? I'm not giving. Uh, well, I mean, I'm kind of, you know, prejudiced in terms of the jury here because I know one who was already offered to help oh, him well, out. Yeah, I knew you wanted to finish off the story here. Finish him off. Yeah, uh, Kendra Lust, who Jeez. is an adult. Easy over there, Wex. Well... I mean, you know, as long as we're in the arena, right? Where'd she um, get... Where'd, I can't believe her... Where's par- Sonia when we need her? I can't believe her parents gave her that name. I know. I mean, you know, Christian names just given right out. Uh, but but uh, she has offered to uh, help him find his way in said industry. Help him find his way, what, to the set? Well, I mean, there are, like, production companies and everything, so... To I mean, the shower? I mean, you know, I guess your imagination wanders in this case. To craft services? No. No? No? (laughs) That's good. And there she is. A staple. Good stuff. He'll stick to playing football and catching more than uh, 86 and a half yards worth of passing this weekend, right? That's all you're looking for? Can I guess one of the films before we go to break? Uh, My mic will be turned off, but go ahead. Two cheetahs in bed. Uh, There is a film title with Chester in it. I'll tell you that Of course there is. The rest of the show is next. This is the Bobinator. Hey, it's the Bobinator. Good. Listen to every game anywhere on the iHeartRadio app. The Bobinator. Sport Talk 790. It's home of your Rockets. Houston is all systems go. We love our Astros in Houston. And all across the Lone Star State We're Texas proud And we shout it loud Our brand of baseball is great Our outfield has plenty so, of money much like it's football time in Houston Am I doing no. the wrong thing by talking While yes. you're enjoying this? No I'm supposed to let the listeners enjoy song. every moment of this? Yes Because Football time in Houston sucks. This is awesome. Listen to the vocal stylings. I gotta wait till he goes up an octave. Hang on. It's coming up here. Well, I really was waiting for that. Destination playoffs, baby. Next phrase. With every crack of the bat. We love to hear that whistle below. <laughs> uh, did Wex go down the list of the films that Tyreek Hill would potentially star in and or some of the suggestions of his co-star during the break? Believe it or not. Oh, wait. Hell, hell yeah or not. It's a Friday. Sorry. Hell yeah. Oh, my goodness. They're pretty obvious. Most of them are football movies that you guys all know. Is this and like, I, I mean, I, I don't know if the actresses are obvious or not. That depends on your knowledge of the industry. I don't know anything about it. Is this, this probably is, a Rachel? Maybe a. It's a common spelling. Jenna. Uh huh. Um, but no they? Lisa. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I couldn't even tell you what the common names are. That's, that makes the most sense. All she does is talk about fantasy football. Now she's a business. Hell yeah! There you go. 
Here's the deal. You know how rock stars always want to be athletes and athletes always want to be rock stars? Is this the new crossover? Uh, well, if he were to be serious, which if he's walked it back, we didn't, we didn't add that to last segment. Oh, he has? Yeah. That's it's, no fun. His don't, don't those are down. not his, his intentions. Again, it sounded more like he was joking and he just wanted to see how Mike would react to it. And he re- Dude, reacted you, as I thought he might. Can you believe after what he's seen, we've seen him do in Miami? That guy used to be a weapon for Pat Mahomes with Travis Kelsey. That's just ridiculous. How do they not win every well, Super Bowl? They were pretty close to it. I know. I mean, they've been to the championship AFC championship game. And he got a, a nice stupid contract from Miami, right? Yeah. Because the Chiefs wouldn't. A, a contract commensurate with the position. It's just usually you don't, a lot of times you don't get it from the team you want initially. Do you think he ever called up Chris Jones and was like, let me tell you, you're not getting that deal? I mean, this is kind of, they're not quite the Patriots and the Steelers to a certain extent have done it too. They feel like. Are they the Astros? Well, the. There's a little bit to be said for that also, but the Astros are working under totally different where they started from. Like, think about the gap in the payrolls. Mm-hmm. Like, there's teams right now spending 65, 70, 70 million. There's three teams that are likely going to miss the playoffs that combined spent over $800 million. The Yankees, the Padres, and who am I missing? The Mets. Yeah. I mean, that's the old guard, man. Brian Cashman needs to be taken out. Not literally. Not oft. Well, they're just fire him. The the they're definitely working with a a totally different group from a skill set. I mean, Tyreek Hill was awesome. They did not replace him. They just kept adding players who play the position. The Jeremy Pena to Carlos Correa. Well, the Astros have felt like each guy they bring up can play. They really like the the Chiefs haven't drafted somebody to take that spot necessarily. I mean, how could they? They're always picking at the end of the rounds. Tyreek Hill was because of... I mean, we're talking about Tyreek Hill and just completely dismissing all the other stuff that's he's been a part of negatively starting in his college days, which is why he was drafted where he was drafted, uh, why one team might not be interested in signing him long-term because of the issues right. that he's had since he's been in the NFL. But he's really good at football, and oftentimes that, yeah, okay, he's fine. Yeah, unfortunately. But he's not. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. All right, well... I wish him the best of luck if he does go into that industry and if he just doesn't. The best of luck? What do you mean? Well. There's a possibility of failure? Yes. You mean performance failure? Well, that's the only kind of failure you could have in that business. In his case, he might actually be going into it for the fun, for the experience. Well, everybody's into it for fun. Well, some people are in it for the money. He probably wouldn't be. So if the performance is bad, what difference does it make to him? Well, if you're in it for the money, you better be a female. Like if, I mean, have you ever actually looked at that? You want to talk about looked at what the the uh, disparity in pay? It's very much the opposite. Very unaware. We always hear about. You mean it's the you the the female performers are more highly paid than like four to one in some cases or in most cases. I four to one. I did it on purpose. I heard you on purpose. You weren't trying to not hear me. I, I hear you loud and clear. <laughs> Four times as much. 25 years in another business is pretty good. That's good performance. You know who performs every single time? Chris Campbell. When his crew at Campbell's Pest Control comes out to your home, whether that be a home or residential or a commercial situation, I should say, residential or commercial, they've got you covered. Termites, bed bugs, roaches, ants, mosquitoes, fleas, and ticks. 
Anything you don't want in and around your home from a pest control variety, Campbell's Pest Control takes care of it when you call them at 713-694-3433. Yep. Business is good when you bring them on over. And really bad for the fleas, ticks, termites, ants, mosquitoes, and whatever rodents you might be, uh, well, unfortunately housing at your house or commercially, like you said. 25 years plus in the business, 713-694-3433. Get Campbell's Pest Control out on site and take care of any of your pest control needs. Chris and his crew are happy to come and make sure that the, these rodents, these pests, are no longer a part of your everyday life. 713-694-3433 for Campbell's Pest Control. Hey, it's Sparky from the Astros broadcast team. Catch every Astros game on Sports Talk 790 and the iHeartRadio app. Home of your Astros. Now, the drive from the Classic Elite Buick GMC Traffic Center. New issue on the East Tech Southbound at Lauder. Got a multi-car wreck. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Kids all over on the shoulder. But that stop and go from Tidwell. Got a lane blocked on the East Loop south of Chip Channel for some road work causing a crawl this afternoon from I-10. And there's also a Gulf Freeway wreck outbound now just after the loop. I'm Katie Linden from the 24-Hour Traffic Center. This report brought to you by Classic Elite Chevy Sugar Lamp. This report is sponsored by Abacus Plumbing, Air Conditioning, and Electrical. Imagine an all-in-one whole house water treatment system designed to dramatically reduce contaminants from the water you drink, cook with, and bathe in. And true soft water with a reduced slippery feeling of traditional softened water. Clean water, healthier skin. Abacus, you can count on us. Visit abacusplumbing.net. Twin Peaks is the best in the game. Here, it's bigger game days and bolder fight nights. I mean, where else can you find a scratch kitchen that always comes in clutch? Every day, from lunch to late night. Only at Twin Peaks, the number one sports bar. Did you know COVID-19-related ER visits are three times higher than the flu? Stay up to date with the latest COVID-19 vaccines, just like you do with the flu, because you've got no time for 19. The vaccine may not be for everyone. Please consult with your doctor. Brought to you by Moderna, proud sponsor of the iHeartRadio Music Festival. Every day in Houston, children are removed from their homes because of abuse or neglect, often at the hands of people who should love them most. These children need our help. They need someone to trust. Become an advocate today. Visit childadvocates.org and help break the cycle of child abuse. Childadvocates.org. Saturday and Sunday, October 7th and 8th, take advantage of huge savings at Wild Wing Preserve's Autumn Land Sale. Get a newly constructed barn dough shell on five plus acres for only $169.9 and experience the peace and tranquility of woods, water, and wild Wildlife right in your backyard. Situated in the heart of waterfowl country and an easy drive to Houston and the Gulf Coast beaches, Wild Wing Preserve features two to 40-acre home sites with great community amenities, including a gated entrance, paved and private roads, electric, and a prime location close to city conveniences and premier water recreation. Visit Wild Wing Preserve October 7th and 8th for the autumn land sale and get a newly constructed barn dough shell on five-plus acres for only $169.9. Excellent land financing is available. 
Call now, 866-952-6380, 866-952-6380, or visit wildwingpreservetx.com. Prices for a newly built 1,000-square-foot Pondo shell with two covered porches on a five-acre home site at Wild Wing Preserve. Get the one-and-done you want for your dog's monthly protection. New NexGuard Plus, a Foxalon or Moxidectin and Pyrantal chewable tablet. Protects against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. All in one delicious, beef-flavored soft chew. Used with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask your vet about new NexGuard Plus chews. Blues Houston on September 30th. Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. Football is rolling. Bet Online is your number one source for all your football wagering info with up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals for all football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real-time updates. From preseason all the way to the college football playoff and the big game, Bet Online is your number one partner for football wagering this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Morris Security, your local gun safe dealer, is discounting over 400 safes up to 15% off this Friday and Saturday only. Brands like Browning, Champion, Vault Pro, Rhino, and more, all up to 15% off. Plus, no sales tax and free bonus accessories. MorrisSecuritySafes.com. Back to Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler. The A-Team on Sports Talk 790. Two-hand flush. Three-pointer as the shot clock expires. Home of your rockets. Go! in the regular season for us to fire this off. And for those of you that like the song that uh, AC forced us to listen to last segment. I didn't force anybody. I think that one's better than why don't you go hang out with Tyreek Hill? Well, what are we doing? You can take it any way you want it. Apparently. Bingo. So, three games with the Arizona Diamondbacks beginning tonight. That's what she said. The Diamondbacks are on the verge of clinching a playoff spot. The Astros need a little bit more uh, to clinch their playoff spot because Arizona can be a playoff team, heck, before their game even finishes tonight. Rangers still trying to win the division. Astros and Mariners can also still win this division. Blue Jays have not clinched and could still miss the playoffs. Handful of the 12 playoff spots are not only claimed, but the actual spots are locked in. Top four spots in the National League are all set in stone. Uh, So the uh, home teams for each of the uh, four series that will begin the National League playoffs are all there uh, with Milwaukee and Philadelphia set to host wildcard series and the Braves and Dodgers set to host uh, the DSs that begin on Saturday. Uh, The Astros are in a lot of different scenarios. They could be waiting until Saturday to open their postseason at Minute Maid Park as division winners and the number two seed. Uh, They could be heading off to Minnesota for a three-game series Tuesday, Wednesday, and if necessary, Thursday, with them being the sixth seed in Minnesota, being locked in there at three. Uh, Obviously, a scenario where they are the five seed, and they could be going from Arizona to Tampa. 
to take on the Rays. Rays locked in at four. Baltimore locked in at one, two, five, and six. Yet to be claimed. Rangers lost last night on the final swing of the game. Took a 2-1 lead to the ninth inning. But then uh, Bruce Bochy brought in uh, Aroldis Chapman. He had to take him back out nine pitches later because the bases were loaded and he had not gotten any outs. And then Jonathan Hernandez nearly worked out of it. Pop-up, pop-up, and then double. Or single, technically. And they lost 3-2, which prevented... They would have clinched a playoff berth with a win. They would have clinched the division today uh, with any one of a number of things happening. And now that still is a little bit more far-fetched. If the Astros sweep, they're obviously in under every scenario. If the Astros win two of three, uh, they cannot finish... Any lower than second place in the division, which would put them in the postseason. And there are a handful of other scenarios with one or no wins this weekend in Arizona where their next games won't happen until spring training. Okay. What's hilarious to me is that Yankees fans clearly were done with Araldis Chapman for a variety of other blown saves, you know, crucial screw-ups. Not just basically not coming through. And here we are. He's with another team, potentially costing them, you know, whatever. Whether it's. He's also helped them. His tenure with the Rangers, though, I mean, how would you describe it at best? Uh, fading fast. Uh, it was super successful. Basically, I think it was maybe his first 16 appearances. The only team that scored right. against him was Houston. Right. But then every other game, teams are scoring against so, him. So, against, exactly. So having said all of that, why hasn't John Boy issued a public apology to, to Jose Altuve? Is he just that big of an a-hole? Yeah, I mean, I know he is. You don't have to answer that question because we already know. Like, I've never seen a situation. This guy's got a, I'm not going to call it a career, but he's built a terrible and fading itself um, niche on a based on a lie involving the Astros cheating scandal, and the the biggest crutch or non-crutch on which he stands continues to be disproven. I mean, it was never proven to begin with. Yeah, but one well, it's, was never it's wearing like a wire. I, it's like some of the players say with you know some additional helpful information. Uh, doesn't necessarily equal this. Uh, the fact that he is allowing hits and homers and runs to everybody else. It doesn't mean that, well, then he clearly wasn't cheated against. It doesn't, one doesn't equal the other. Yeah, but because your team lost to the Astros again also doesn't mean that Jose Altuve was wearing a wire, idiots. Like, who do you think was on the other end? That's the, that's the dumbest thing. Like, so if is, you were is, to is actually it, staffer? But that's what I'm saying. Was it like, Jake Marisnik? Don't even go that far. Josh don't even Reddick. go to the person on the other end. Just think of the actual non-technology we're trying to talk about here. It, we being dumbass Yankees fans. I mean, we're so, like, think about a buzzer. That's so silly. We would never have technology like that in baseball players' uniform pitchcom. But that was before pitchcom. Yeah, there's no way they had any. They were nowhere near pitchcom level technology yet. Who provided that? I'm then? just saying, it's, baseball. Of course, you could. Like, there's so many different ways. Who provided all the other th- ways that they cheated? Spend some baseball? time at the casino, and you, you know, a little tapper on your leg to indicate. You better watch what, out; they'll put you in a vice. I, they certainly will. Here's how. Uh, you know what is it? Uh, Vegas Justice in the back. Just tell me his name so I don't have to squeeze your eye out. <laughs> that was just a great. You know. Casino's underrated. We're thinking about a role for you, Joe, where uh, <laughs> we want you to be super angry, lose your temper all the time, 
and you use approximately not... 10 F-bombs every 30 seconds. If you, if you wanted to go extreme with your accent, that's fine. We Leave could, Maloney still breathing. We could probably handle that. And then after you do that, somebody else is going to hire you to act in their movie where you're the exact same character. And then another and movie. And De Niro's going to be in the, that movie, yes. too. It's just... And then later, you're going to make another movie when you're all much older. <laughs> and all the same people will be in that one, too. The Joe, Irishman was good. It was just a little long. Joe Pesci, the other guy from uh, with uh, Murtaugh and Riggs and Lethal Weapon. Oh, yeah. The other guy. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> uh, Leo. Two out of three? Yeah, I think so. I think this one's really tough because of the matchup, but I, I hesitate to get what Arizona's putting into this game because of the other ways they can get in. But Zach Allen on the mound, Jose Arquiti having to make the uh, emergency start tonight, a little bit tough, but they they have the opportunity that Arizona doesn't. They bat first. They can take that early lead. They've done it a lot. Ambush, they, Altuve. They've had it happen to them a lot, and it, it does make all the difference. They've won 48 of their 78 road games. I like their chances of reaching 50 and obviously two wins, and they'll be in. By the way, happy fifth birthday to Carson Ross out there. I, I'd gone the whole show and haven't told my son happy birthday today. We're going to party this weekend, so I had to say that on the air. Happy before. birthday, yeah. big man. He, he is. It's ridiculous. Thank you. Yes. He'll appreciate that. You'll also appreciate what you can get your hands on this weekend or your entire self into. We're talking about a vehicle. At Classic Elite Chevy Sugarland or Classic Elite Chevy Highway 6, they've got everything you need right now on both lots. And if you can't get into the Sugarland location on Saturday, you can get into the Highway 6 location on Sunday. It's Classic Elite Chevy Sugarland, Classic Elite Chevy Highway 6. The GM dealer of the year, 12 years in a row, is run. By Jeff and Tiffany Sebastian, just like the Highway 6 location, just like the Buick GMC location. They're all available this weekend. You want to go out and get into that new vehicle you've been itching to get into anyways. Go take advantage of not only the best prices and inventory, but the best people that are going to get you through that experience. Because that's what it is. It is a car buying experience, not a car buying process like it is at so many other places. Classic Elite Chevy Sugarland and open on Sundays, Classic Elite Chevy Highway 6. Tell them Adam Clanton from Sports Talk 790 sent you into either location. An extended edition of the Nightcap coming up next with Ross Villarreal before he transitions into Astros on deck. And before you know it, it'll be late and the Astros will start playing baseball in another time zone against the Arizona Diamondbacks looking to clinch the AL West. Yeah, I said it. Stranger things have happened in Major League Baseball. We shall see, and we'll discuss that, the Texans game against the Steelers, and everything in the college world and so much more coming up on Monday when we return at 3 o'clock. For Dan and Wex, I'm AC. It is the A-Team here on Sports Talk 790. Have a great weekend, everyone, and go Strohs. Houston is all systems go. No. This concludes our broadcast day. Take care. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.